Welcome back to Director Showdown. DS8. DS8. Director Showdown. Not Nintendo DS, but no. movie movie DS. Yeah, movie DS. <laughs> We're killing it already right <laughs> out the gate here. Uh, we are back uh, on Edgar Wright's side here. You didn't with, say uh, welcome back, which is great. I, did. I said welcome back, right? Oh, I, I thought we were going to... Oh, okay. I thought you said we are back instead of welcome back. Oh, well, I can. We are back talking Edgar Wright this yeah. week. Um, and we are talking his 2013, right? Yeah. 2013 film, uh, The World's End, the final film in the so-called Cornetto Trilogy. The Ice Cream Cornetto Trilogy. And, and who else... Who else to have Who else? on a final film in a, sure, somewhat, uh, you know, <laughs> not, not full, complete trilogy. Yeah. Uh, they're all their own story. But, uh, but, but the uh, Revenge um, of the Sequel guys. Yeah. John and Delphin, welcome back, guys. Welcome. Hey, guys. Wow. Podcast. Wonderful. What an intro. This is awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. John this is nice and, and Manny. Clean. You know, you have so many different names, Emmanuel. That's true. Like, You're I like don't the know. devil. Delphin? That's I'm crazy. like the devil? Yeah. You're like Lucifer. <laughs> you're, you have, yeah. you have yeah. so many different names. You have so you're many like, names. Yeah. You could have picked anyone who had multiple names, and you picked the devil. Oh, Delphin, devil, kind of the same thing. Or what? <laughs> what? It starts so, with <laughs> the same letter? I, I was introduced, or I was told about you as Delphin. I was told Then when I was, I think it was when I came over to talk, yeah. like Hellboy 2 or something. It was the first time I met you. And everybody called you like Manny or Emmanuel. And I was like, wait, am I an idiot? Am I a shithead for like coming in? here and calling you yo delphin, delphin. <laughs> uh yeah. and i've just always called you delphin i've been like i need to just double down on something so oh you have, you have like e-man e-man you got yeah. manny manny you got you, emmanuel you got delphin. d-man you got man you, manuel you got mandelf i've heard mandelf <laughs> sputtered mandelf what's your uh, what's your favorite my favorite name iteration of your name yeah yeah i i actually don't I, I, I would say it's inaudible. It's when someone looks at me and there's a twinkle in their eye and I know that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're talking to me. They're, they're thinking about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and how cool you are. And also, all of these fake names come with a separate social security. So I got $400,000 oh. in stimulus money. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's always good to hear. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm glad that you put that on record on our very famous podcast that the president of the United States listens to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're the number yeah. one podcast for <laughs> IRS auditors, I think. Yeah. Yeah, rough for even me. though the the president himself may or may not have been <laughs> may or under on this podcast. Uh, did yeah, you did, wait, did what? you frame all those checks? I by may have Donald not Trump? deleted it. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't actually end up doing that, did they? Or did they? I have no idea because I, I know he wanted to put from Donald Trump like on every check. I did get a letter from him. Did you guys get a separate letter from Donald Trump after your yeah. stimulus check? Yeah, well, I, I yeah, got the COVID uh, guidelines yeah. or whatever. The and signature it, was the the, the and thickest it looks part serious. Of the ink. It came yeah, exactly. in an envelope that made you feel like, oh, I, I have taxes I have to right. pay, yeah. and it was yeah. just a thank me, please. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. it's your boy Donnie. Yeah. Hey, who 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 gave you the stimmy? Yeah. Who gave you the stimmy? Know where that money's coming from? When November comes around, you know, who's the guy? I gave you twelve hundred dollars. We're gonna give you one small one-time payment. You know, all those other European countries give you constant money throughout the year, or just health (laughs) care, or just health (laughs) care. Us, just a one-time little cash payment. Oh, one-time in your lifetime payment of twelve (laughs) hundred dollars. Yes. Good luck. You live in New York. 
Sorry. <laughs> Out on the street. It pays now. for you, your utilities in New York. <laughs> like, yeah. Basically. Were you in a pause rent? Nah. <laughs> You're on your own. Oh, I'm God. so glad this is so funny. This, well, actually, <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all fine. Well, now, I also yeah. feel like it is fitting because this movie is called The World's, World's End, End, and right, we yeah. are uh, cl- cl- nearby. And like the the villains in this movie are trying to technically trying to take over in a political sense, not so much in a mm-hmm. literal. Yeah, like in a. Well, I mean, sort of. Kind of we'll, we'll get we'll to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but I'm glad you guys could be here for the. Is it was that your guy like. Yeah, was that your intent, John, when you we asked you what you wanted to do because it's kind of a trilogy? Yeah, why did like, you guys? Yeah, why did you guys so, want to come on this podcast? Yeah, actually, I, no. I, so there's yeah, a story why? to this. So actually, why, I didn't know we we're going to get into this too soon. So soon, but let's. Uh, so I this is my favorite Edgar Wright movie. I, wow. When I heard that you guys were doing a uh, when you guys announced it online that y'all were doing a uh, Wright versus Waititi um, season, I, I think I immediately texted Brent. I was in the middle of you know a Doom campaign. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Which Doom? Uh, the new one, the Doom oh, Eternal. Eternal's yeah. great, yeah. Uh-oh. And so and I, I texted Brandt um, and asking him if I could be on the World's End podcast because I love this movie. This movie is probably one of my favorite movies in the last decade, like, you know, probably Ooh, top 10 like in the last date. decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's awesome. Like, you know, the entire – it's my favorite Wright movie. Uh, and it's, I think, to me, it's his most – um, thematically complex of all his movies, even his you know later ones. Whoa! Or the this one after this, you're too. dropping cool fucking takes here. Yeah. The way I'm glad. even even yeah. the one after ones is, I, I think it still trumps that. I, I mean, it's my favorite one. I think the one after this still kind of like you know in ways it's a little bit better, but it's not my you know it's not my preferred one or at least Baby my or? Baby Driver. Yeah, okay, yeah, the one okay after this. I got you. Yeah. But um, so I, I basically just came from about from a love from this movie. Like it mm. just came. It, it has nothing to do with it being a sequel or. Or anything like that, because uh, I love Shaun of the Dead and I love Hot Fuzz. Um, hell, I love Scott Pilgrim. Um, but um, this one is just the um, this movie at the time spoke wonders to me, and I think I I can admittedly say that I've I've ripped off so many um, creative choices from this movie in, to implement into my own work. Mm-hmm. And as far as um, you know, I think um, I told Emmanuel that I was going to be on this on this um, podcast, um, and um, and he was like, "Fuck you." Well, no, it's just like he he reminded me that we saw this movie together. Like we saw this movie actually together in the okay. um, in August of 2013, and um, love that context. At the time, it was really cool though because like it, <laughs> we can play this up for laps. I guess because like, uh, we had just gotten back in touch with each other. Me and um, Delphin went to high school together, kind of like very much like the characters in the movie. Yeah, um, we went to high school together, and um, after that, we kind of lost touch because you know obviously I graduated and just moved on with my life. And uh, sorry, Delphin. Wow. <laughs> That's when hardcore. It went on to bigger but and better. You just, no, no, no. you just told me you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I was. And so, like, I, um, so you know, we we kind of just um, did our own things for a couple of years. And I think in the um, the winter of 2012, we started exchanging emails again um, due to uh, just being in contact about like scripts things. Like we, um, I think uh, Delphin sent me a script that I worked on, and we kind of like you know. We shot back and forth with it, and we and then I helped him out with like a zombie project, and then earlier that year we actually did a which I won't go into much detail for because the 
details of the short film haven't aged well, but we worked on a short film together earlier that year. Wow, I don't remember this. And, uh, <laughs> When's the sex scene happen? John, are you trying to cancel me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're not helping. I thought we were just going to drop it there. Try to find this. I dare you listeners to try to find there this. There was a gas station involved, remember? Like a, a or gas a, station involved? Not a gas station involved. Okay. A, um, I'm giving you hints for what short film it was. <laughs> a gas... Um, <gasps> yes, exactly. There you go. Oh, you, I saw, the, he's I saw like your face. erased his, yeah. his like, cancelable... Yeah, his face was really awesome. I'll text it in the group chat. Selective memory, perhaps? Selective memory, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brenton, Adam, I'm going to text it in the group chat so you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, Holy shit. Do not say it out loud on the (laughs) podcast when you get it. Um, So this movie has like a giant history with me because this was the year, and also in college, like this was, I was full on, not that I'm not ever full on that, but I guess in the time too, I was like full on filmmaking. You know, I was in the middle of my... um, you know, uh, at the end of my college career and stuff. And like, you know, uh, everything I was doing was, you know, either movie related or at least trying to be movie related, which is like either creatively or watching it or talking about it. And this movie had a lot to do with it at the time. And then Emmanuel and I, we saw it together and then we um, talked about it a lot. And then I think this movie kind of influenced everything, at least for me, um, going forward after this. So, okay. yeah, this That's movie, awesome. this... I, Love the hell out of this movie. Yeah, that's a really cool perspective too, because I f- I feel like in Edgar Wright's filmography, this is, this might be one of the more underseen or kind of like uh, less spoken about uh, entries out yeah, of all of his, you especially know? on the three on the of the three of like the three. trilogy or the three Cornetto stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's like Shaun of the Dead, which blew up culturally, and is like I think even on our episode, I searched zombie movies maybe and then shot of the dead was like the first and i was like wow. holy shit um or maybe it was like horror comedies and it was the first that might have been it um but then hot fuzz too is also kind of got that fan base and i feel like this might be one that's a little bit slept on even still uh for some reason but yeah what about uh you delphin like is, did, did john say it all like you were very tired um, this is a story from your from john your end. I didn't go watch this movie. I was kidding. No. I, John's I, the Gary King of I remember this. it's funny because remember afterwards we went to go eat at Applebee's like right afterwards like some basic Eating good in the neighborhood. Is that exactly, them? Yeah. What is that? Sure no, is. I think it was here. a Silverado. It was very close to you know, I feel like John's yeah. describing a very intimate time. I know. And you're just like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know what you're uh, talking about. Sure. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I it was never, really funny because there was, other, like there was four other people involved too. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening? What are you describing? Uh, Who I, are you? <laughs> I do remember watching this movie. I had loved uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And if you think about it, this uh, it's interesting you guys picked Edgar Wright because he doesn't necessarily have the most prolific repertoire of movies but they're He's all not ooh. they're also distinct yeah. they're all based on his love for film i think i was listening to a podcast he wakes up at 6 a.m some days to watch his first movie of the day and sometimes watches six in one day or and there were like that just a couple um and so i think there there is a lot of uh goodwill for him and i think that there's a reason why people love his movies they choose him to do q a's all the time yeah because he has that base of knowledge and can't wait to talk about him and then this movie in particular but i think uh it's a good movie to end with for right because it's a movie about well we got baby driver oh you do by baby the trilogy oh for the trilogy for the cornetto yeah because just like the people in the movie we are all together now and some of us may die tonight (laughs) 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 Uh, uh no but yeah edgar wright is a fascinating like um 
and I think I brought it up on a prior one also, but like I, I think about something like, uh, have you seen Spaced? Have you guys seen Spaced? Yes, the show. Actually, the, yeah. That show is, and I compared that to Community, but it's like it, it is so filled to the brim with influences and like just like pop culture touchstones of like you just know watching it like, yeah, the, the person who made this has seen a ton of shit. Mm-hmm. And like even right now during all this, like Edgar Wright is like daily tweeting out like double features on Twitter. He's like tweeting out like, Hey, watch yeah. these movies together. They, they go like great together. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of examples. I think today he did, uh, because he's going to live stream and talk about baby driver. He did uh driver, the, the seventies yeah, one, the, the, yeah. uh, the Walter Hill, Walter Hill, yeah. uh, movie and then baby driver. And, but he's been doing like all sorts of like a ton of movies I haven't even heard of, but you can tell he's like one of those guys who just wants to like fill in every, you know, empty space like of his brain with like as many movies as he can. Right. Yeah. And you get that from, cause space made him the perfect candidate to direct like, uh, the previous movie before this Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And that's the whole yeah. reason he said that he signed on to Scott Pilgrim is cause like, it's kind of like spaced. And I remember reading oh, the Scott Pilgrim books yeah. at the time being like, Oh yeah, you guys, I guess you're kind of right. Like when they announced Edgar Wright, like the Shaun of the dead guy, you're just kind of like, at first you're kind of like weirded out because you're like, how are they going to take these sequences in the, in this comic book? And cause they're all manga like almost mm-hmm. and to, you know, implement them on the film. And then you kind of go back to Edgar Wright spaced or like, you know, hot fuzz or Shaun of the dead where he takes like very weird and yeah. like, you know, almost fantastical situations, but kind of grounds them like on screen mm-hmm. in a way like where it's like actually visually appealing, but it's not, there's a sense of ridiculousness to it, but it works. Like you're just like, well, this is, really funny and over the top, but it's like, it's very effective. And That's why so, I think Edgar writes a more eclectic version of Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. in a way, you know, like being mm-hmm. like this total consumer of pop culture, like from almost every like quadrant of the nerd, like yeah. universe while like Tarantino is more like, you know, a little bit more, uh, Old. specific, yeah. yeah, just for like yeah. just movies, really. Just yeah. yeah, while like Edgar Wright's like just like all over the. Scott Pilgrim is like yeah, the yeah. influences going into that movie are wild. It's like mm. you have like anime, video games, kung fu movies, kung fu uh, movies, musicals. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's it's, so, it's so structured like a musical too. That's why like that's the mm. weird thing about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, um, it is because like everything. Well, because musicals about, are about like you know whenever the emotion is high people break into song or something happens like you know someone starts singing something or a humming and then it turns into this grand show and scott pilgrim versus the world whenever the emotion is high it turns into a fucking kung fu fight yeah like it yeah. turns into something really crazy and like you're like what the hell it's almost like i think someone had said uh, at the time when uh, edgar wright made scott pilgrim that they called it add filmmaking and i think <laughs> if that was like his final film i think that might be the big takeaway ADD, from it huh? i mean like i would I would say that's more ADD is like Requiem for a Dream or something, you know, like fucking how many cuts were in that movie? Like, or like Requiem? Police Story yeah. by Jackie yeah. Chan or, or something story. that's really frenetic. Yeah. He thrives on those things, though, because he says like he that's why he doesn't shoot. He says he's not a big fan of uh, um, in the BTS of this movie. He says that like, he learned a lot in Scott Pilgrim. And I think it shows, too. I was telling um, Delphin on the ride here was that like, you know, um, Scott Pilgrim to him or is to think of it like as your 21st birthday party if you are kind of like the person who did stuff like this like you know you go out and you get really drunk and you like you know you party really really big kind of like the the situation of this movie and then afterwards you kind of dial it back to pace yourself and stuff like that and i feel like that's what scott pilgrim versus the world is he, he had budget 
you know, you get all these like, you know, he had a giant playground with the things. He has a bunch of stars coming through mm-hmm. um, special effects and stuff. And he does makes this big grand movie, which is like super out there. Like it's the it's peak Edgar Wright style, I guess, like, you know, quote unquote. And then, uh, you know, Edgar, uh, he dials it back with the world's end. And then he obviously very, goes very subtle with like Baby Driver after that. I think what's really amazing is he's able to couch and he talks about this because he's very realistic. He knows that the only reason why people make movies now at this level, if you want to be a professional filmmaker, is because you have to be commercially successful. And he talks uh, about how genre isn't like a four-letter word when you can couch really good stories and character inside of it. Um, and he, he, he doesn't, it doesn't feel really forced because they all come from uh, uh, an experience that, I mean, you talked about writing personal stuff earlier. They come from personal yeah. uh, things, right? Hot Fuzz was shot in his hometown. This yeah. movie that we're about to talk about is about these people who have never, who haven't been home in a while, coming home and feeling alienated. And guess so what? Middle age, they happen to be aliens. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all yeah. uh, movies with amazing premises, but find good meaning. And just because of whatever his style is or his understanding of the genre, people would will go watch it. Well, that's, just that's based on so what it is. Great about the Cornetto trilogy is that they're not genre films. They're they're relationship films that Dressed have up genres genre. yeah. in yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys... That's the difference, yeah. Do you guys remember the marketing for, like, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz? I will admit that I've seen... Oh, yeah, for sure. I saw Shaun of the Dead because it was sold to me as a zombie parody. And at the time, I was... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. At the time, I was just getting into movies in general. Like, or, like, not... It's not true, because I've been into movies, like, forever since, like, my youth. But, like, at that... I mean, that was, what, 2004? 2004 here. But, like, you know, in the UK and stuff, whenever it came out, like, it was, like, 2002 or three or... Like, you know, it was, like... I mean, that's early, though. It was a delay. But I think... They're they're a day ahead of us. Yes. That's (laughs) true. So it came out the (laughs) one day ahead in 2004. But, but like, you know, when Shaun of the Dead came out, like, it was... They were marketed as, like, you know... um, It was marketed as, like, a parody. And then I remember actually watching the movie, like, expecting something... You know, something like, oh, along farts, the lines of, uh, zombies <laughs> fart. <laughs> yeah, like something, something along the lines of like a, uh, uh, and this isn't a knock against them, but like something a knock, something along the lines oh. of a Wayans Brothers movie or, or something. A you know, scary movie, scary, yeah, scary, scary movie like made yeah, a ton yeah. of money at the time. Parodies, right. were and those working. aren't bad movies yeah. and stuff. Like parodies are cool. Like I like parodies, but um, this but one was not that. But house. instead, you got God. a satire. <laughs> but it was this was and you were so disappointed. What is this? Is this Get Out? Well, it's just because it's an actual like. It's funny, though, because Simon Pegg said the same thing during interviews. He was like, I think everyone thinks we we parody things, but we're no. not doing that. Like, they're, yeah, it, it just happens to be, that. yeah, like they, a zombie they movie love with the comedy. things yeah. that they're... That's what we've been talking about in the other... Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, a big yeah. thing of this yeah. season is, like, Edgar Wright is... He, he loves... He's not, he's not even remotely trying to parody anything in any of these movies. He loves the stuff too much... And it's too sincere for it to come off like well, that. That's right. why the the term post irony comes out in the yeah, yeah. in our episodes is like the idea of like having it's not postmodern, which is the Deadpool of things, you know, where it's like I fuck you guys hate this, <laughs> you get it, yeah, how right, stupid yeah. superhero like films are. It's not cynical yeah. at all. Yeah, it's not cynical. Yeah. It's just cynical this is yeah. the post irony part is more like you know all of these things and you love them just as much as I do. And this is our love letter to these things, you know? Yeah. That's what separates Edgar Wright from like 
cynical like Wayne Brothers stuff or Deadpool or, like, yeah, or, or like you know David Zucker stuff or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, 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 definitely. And that's what I mean. That's it's awesome. Like these movies are because again, when you watch them, like it, I think someone said too, like uh, during the Q and A after. Uh, uh, I did a lot of BTS um, research on this guy. That side. stands for behind oh, the scenes. But, um, yeah. Yes, thank you. Or bacon <laughs> tomato sandwich. Oh, yeah. That's that disgusting. Delicious. delicious. A bacon <laughs> tomato <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> no lettuce. Yeah, fuck the lettuce. <laughs> like, Jeez. okay, let's talk about that for one second. Why put lettuce? In? Who cares? Right. Yeah. Listen, fuck I'm a lettuce. lettuce guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm coming out. No, wait. Coming lettuce out. or tomato guy. The thing Are is, you like, a or a tomato guy? don't like tomato. I don't like tomato either. Yeah, I like tomato. Let's do a social distance fist bump. Okay. If anything, like no bun and just lettuce. Like no just, bun, yeah, just protein lettuce. style keto. You know, I'll, I'll, go, I'll <laughs> oh. go to the store. I'll, I'll the store. I'll go <laughs> to the. I'll go to the sandwich shop. The sandwich your local shop. sandwich shop, and I'll say, "Yo, let me get your a BL sandwich." I used to go which which. I used to go to, to uh, Mexican restaurants and order a fajita taco without the tortilla because I just wanted foil filled with. Meat. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. I did that for a very long time. Hey, that's keto-friendly, man. Well, I'm just glad that delicious. you did get out of jail for said crime <laughs> and that you were able to join us here tonight. That is pretty crazy. Hey, don't worry about it, everyone. <laughs> Especially if you're listening in the slammer. Uh, baby boy's coming home soon. <laughs> hey, we got to... We, hey, watch your words. We had a, we had a big uh, prison oh, follow. I forgot. It's yeah. IRS auditors and felons. <laughs> been, yeah, a lot of them have COVID now, so I, I don't know if they're going to be listening for too much. Wow, time, but, that's going to send you fan mail. <laughs> And cough on it. That no oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay, but yeah, I, we should get into the movie for today. Let's do it. Uh, the world's end. So, so it was 2013. It was 2013. August of 2013. Our, our, we could have had Mitt Romney. Boy, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we could have. Yeah. We hey, should. if Mitt Romney was elected, we probably wouldn't. Have oh, we'd be in uh, much better have. shape. I think we don't. Do yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what? Huh. But I just that mean this modern election. I, I have don't a mean it's the darkest timeline. You I say. was in. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if timeline. I talked about. I, I worked for Mitt Romney for a hot second and got oh. to ride in his motorcade. Right, and what? then almost what? got kicked out of uh, something. But uh, never mind. So, so did wow. you did you do some lines with Mitt? Do some lines with Mitt. Were you running lines with Mitt? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Uh, <laughs> like you had a monologue. We we had Mormon Coke, which is. <laughs> Coke. Were you cooking up mint? Which is bleach no, no with Romney himself? In it. Yeah, it's cocaine with no, no ca- with no uppers at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was just standard, you know, sugar. Oh yeah, it's God. just the cane. Yeah, it's just yeah. the cane. Um, that's fucking. You're gonna have to tell Mormon us all about that. Mormon coke later. is yeah. the funniest thing ever. Yeah, Mormon, that's, that's a shirt. What a wild thing. <laughs> um, that's the first director don't showdown. Mormons own Coca-Cola, sure. isn't that? And they like what? what? I is thought Berkshire Hathaway did. I, I, I could have sworn, I don't know, this might be fake news, but... <laughs> no, I, I bet it's... I think, like, they own, like, a plant in Utah. About to fact check. Okay. And, like, they don't drink their own product because they're fucking Mormon. <sighs> that I, I think you're 100% yeah. right. If yeah. you go to Salt Lake City, all of the sodas that you order in the area, there is a decaffeinated version. And, okay. and they actually do have their own brand of Coca-Cola without caffeine <laughs> that's only served in Utah. That's so ridiculous. Boy, being a Mormon, yeah, fun stuff, huh? Starbucks doesn't ha- they have decaffeinated coffee, like I guess decaf. <laughs> uh, it's like the number one selling thing in Utah is decaf coffee. That is so wild. That would be such a weird place to visit. Just from like a capitalism perspective of yeah. like what are how is this whole place shifted in this specific state? 
I, but that's I, not what the episode. Is about. No, 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 no. You know? That you you uh, do have I mean, an episode about, about that. We're talking about sobriety. Yeah. And oh sure, which yeah. is you know addiction, dry, yeah. dry. Yeah. That was a really it's good alcohol segue. addiction, actually. Was, yeah. Alcohol addiction specifically. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think like it, it's even. I mean, like that's the obvious one, right? But I think there's something more to it than that. Is nostalgia addiction, mm-hmm. which is like oh, the yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us deal with. Like, I mean. And I, I think the alcohol is just a is almost like a a tether to like the core issue of nostalgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. When like the drinking was more of like it was significantly significantly attached to like his nostalgia because like if if they were just like I don't know soccer mates or something or football mates as they like to say in the UK. football <laughs> football mates football like yeah. they would probably you know just play football or something but yeah, instead yeah. it's like they, they were they drank that was their night you know that yeah, was yeah. their night that's yeah, what yeah. they did as kids you know and the movie i think is just that whole like nostalgia addiction like one of them is like um, obviously, uh, Simon Pegg's character, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gary King. King. Oh my Gary God, I was going to fucking King. Gary yeah. fucking King. And he is just like, that was his prime. And yeah. he just stays there. He's addicted yeah. to that era of his time and will never move on. It's an archetype we've seen in movies yeah. before. American Graffiti, there's a character like that. Days of Confused, Matthew McConaughey is that mm, character. Right. The Fonz from Happy Days Shaun of the is Dead, this character. Like too, and some themes are kind of, I think Sean and Hot Fuzz kind of touch on it, but upon a little bit of it, but this one kind of like runs with it, Mm. like, you know, a little bit more fully than those two movies do. And I feel like of all his friends, it's fairly obvious he doesn't find, he doesn't know his place in society like his other, everyone else is in a car dealership or working in big banks wearing suits and ties. And I think that's why the whole alien aspect is so interesting. Because what is the society to be a part of? Uh, and then, you know, they're all androids. It's so yeah. cool, though, too, though, because, like, you know, we were talking about Gary King is, like, you know, obviously the, the most flawed character in this, in this movie. And in general, like, you know, with the, you know, whenever we get into the bulk of it, you know, it's about, like, uh, you know, some sort of consciousness trying to eliminate uh, human flaws, really. And, um, but every other character, too, is also not, perfect like every other character is still going through a midlife crisis in their own way because there is a scene um when they're all like kind of catching up with each other at a uh at a rest stop and you yeah. kind of get everybody you kind of get a sense that everybody kind of compromise compromised in their lives like you know one of them says that they sold their company that they started off he sold Settling, it off to something yeah. else yeah and one person's not in family law anymore they're in corporate law, corporate law yeah, and yeah. one person you know just still still works for his dad even though like you know like the, his dad's the, kind of an asshole, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So like all of them have have like you know, um, one of them is a real estate agent, which is oddly enough, he kind of seems like he's the same person he wanted to ever be. You know, Martin Freeman's character Oliver. But isn't he? So is he from the beginning? A uh, no, blank he's not because he no doesn't no have right. no 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 definitely later not. on. Yeah yeah he gets late. There is there is a uh, a thing later on that kind of like you know shows him as a blank. In, I mean, just for two things, but uh, I was just talking about the, the way his character is. He he kind of seems like he's the most straight man character of the whole thing. Yeah, that's but true. Yeah. His weakness is also kind of like, 
I don't know. He seems like in the movie he's he's being flattered, and that's the reason he kind of comes along with him. Like he, he, if you play to his ego, he kind of like, all right, cool. Like, he's a little, yeah, he's you. a little he's, he's, arrogant. He's, yeah, he's yeah, definitely insecure for sure. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, it just in a different way than the other guys. Are, yeah, because like yeah, but I love the fact that it's basically. I mean, it's a it's basically a middle age story and about like trying to regain your youth and going back to your hometown. In you know, and then like shit hits the fan in the biggest way possible, which is like. Yeah. I think it's like a really great. Uh, it's always a wonder story. This might be a personal question for the group. Yeah. Which one do you relate to the most? Oh, I thought we Ooh, were going to think... assign each other. Oh, That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. I can almost. All right. Oh, John. I was thinking about this today. Yeah. I was going yeah. on a real. I want to hear everybody journey, else's things. A real I'm... journey inward. Um, there was. I was truly like. I think before. I got married and had a kid. Getting real here now. Yeah, yeah. I was on the Gary King path. Wow. Really? Yeah. I really felt I felt like, oh, I see how this guy turned out this way, and it's why I love this movie so much. It's like that character of Gary King and like the person who feels as though the best that they're ever gonna experience is in the past. Yeah. And then and then you get married and you have a kid and things change. And then I feel like I turned into, uh, I don't know. Yeah, let me think. Uh, maybe Nick Frost's character, I guess. I mean, he's married and seems relatively fine, but he also has stuff in the past that's kind of right. crazier and stuff like that. I, I guess that's what I'd say. But I definitely I like. I don't, I don't. I don't see as Nick Frost. No, which guy. which one? Nick, which one? Nick, I think Nick Frost is, a... is very. His. He's so traumatized as a person. That's true. You like, think Peter then? I'm not as like shy as Peter though. I don't think the don't shyness know. goes with Peter, but I think your situation is more in line with more Peter. Yeah, more Peter-esque. Yeah. Peter -esque. yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that guy a lot. Um, we yeah. just want to know who you are. So okay, <laughs> Thanks now for we're done. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. Manny. This is I like have a real no segment idea. here. This is yeah, going to yeah. be yeah, real for all of us. Actually, I mean, which is actually part of the reason when we get to me is why I took this movie. But well, we'll it's, get it's to hard that, to yeah. pick just one in a weird way because I think that's, that's true. Yeah, you, yeah. you do end up having and and Peter King is flawed, but uh, you also Gary wait, King. Gary King. Peter King yeah. is a reporter. Um, <laughs> as long as they didn't say the other King. Oh, look um, at that. It's the, on the school disco. Everybody on the poster has blank uh, wide eyes on the school disco poster. We're watching this in the background. Sorry, yeah, yeah, we guys got on background. But the school disco poster. Sorry to interrupt, Delphine. Um All had like white eyes in the background. Like never, all the, the the silhouettes basically all had like the bright blank eyes. In other words, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty that's cool. pretty cool. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. He just likes those um, details, man. Sorry, Delphine. Who are you? I don't know. I, that's basically what it boils down to. <laughs> it's you know, King King is a flawed yeah. person, but you also still root for him throughout the movie because he has those moments where. And I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely intentionally written. He turns on when he's with a group of people. He's the party guy. But whenever he's yeah, with alone. one person, yeah. he starts to share so a little real. more, very real, and uh, yeah. moments of, like, actual See, humanity. I'm to have to disagree, honestly. Oh. Okay. But I, I don't know. I don't know who I am. I like Nick Frost's character. He seems like the most reasonable. <laughs> yeah. the, most, the most kind of, like, progressed individual. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, he was deeply, he was, he was, he was king- and then turned into like a straight man afterwards. I'd like to be as ambitious yeah. as Martin Freeman with a yeah. Bluetooth in my ear, you know, about to go <laughs> be in The Hobbit for ten years. That's or what something. I kind of would have would have compared you to. If, I probably like, would have been Hobbit, on the right? Martin yeah. Freeman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have compared you like on the surface to Martin Freeman's the like, first kind of uh, guy to turn into. Well, a no, it's blank. just because like you're so organized in actual, you know, in real life in, in my life, like, you know. Okay. In, um, 
Martin Freeman's character of the all of them, probably other than Stephen, yeah, uh, Patty Constantine, Constantine's character. Is that his name? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, other than his character, like I think they all have like a handle in. I think they, if we're comparing characters in this mm. room, I would compare you to. Yeah, Martin I, Freeman, number one on the call sheet. <laughs> I'm just go. kidding. I don't Always. know. Always. I, I, well, I'm, you, I'm, I was going to say who Adam is. Adam should say who Adam is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think uh, it would be a combination of Martin Freeman and Stephen. I think. Mm. I, I was going to say Stephen. I was going to yeah. say Stephen. Actually, that's pretty yeah, funny. I think Steven. Yeah, Stephen. Um, I think you know, I'm I'm kind of feeling his like. <laughs> I, I I I say him because. Back in I guess uh, high school, I wasn't as like. Um, I don't know, as successful, I guess. And then, like, mm-hmm. I see that Steven, like, becomes successful. And, like, now I'm married. Yeah. Now I'm, like, dating this hot, like, 26 year old. Like, it's something I do, you <laughs> that, know? That and, like, <laughs> you date 26 year olds. more like a vibe that Steven gives off that I'm like, I think that's kind of an That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. I think Wright said that, too, that Wright yeah. thinks, and Wright and Simon Pegg wrote the Steven mm-hmm. character to be cooler than he thinks he is. Not to say that you're yeah, not. Yeah, for cool, sure. But yeah. the thing is, like, because he wears, like, if you notice when he was in his architect, you know, when he was in a suit, he actually had jeans on and his, mm. uh, his, you know, his collar was open. Like it was like, you know, just opened up yeah. and which is like, he was saying, oh, like, yeah. was, I'm still kind of cool, even though like, a right. Professional. Yeah. yeah. I'm bu- and, buttoning down, but I'm, you know, I'm and back. that's the whole thing about this. You know, the dynamic is whenever they all meet each other again, they fall into their, they regress like it's mm. regression. Mm. Uh, so like, you know, they, Steven thinks like everyone thinks they're all in charge of their own lives until they get back together. And then they <laughs> basically come into the spell of Gary again. Cause Gary just has a weird superpower of manipulation. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Stuff. you know, like I, Rosen Pike and I, you know, we used to talk a lot. I just never told her what my feelings were. And, and you're uh, going to end up with her again. No, yeah, exactly, I'm not. Yeah. I'm dating Mary Elizabeth Winston. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah, fine. I hope she didn't know to hear me in the other room. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary. Sorry. Sorry, Mew. Yeah. John, it's your yeah, turn. John, John. Yeah, John. Jesus, I feel like we've already kind of know where we're, we're getting to with me um, wow. because out of just we've all known each other <laughs> here for a while. Like um, yeah, we, yeah. we should say, Delphin, um, mm-hmm. we've known each other way longer than anybody else in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were I, about to say way longer than necessary. So or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. this is it. Yeah, the funny yeah. thing is, like when I first saw this movie, let me get a little real here. Um, so when I first saw this movie, I related a lot to the Peter character but i saw myself becoming the gary king character like eventually yeah yeah, yeah. um you went out he, you bought a trench coat i did yeah and i got i got a back. i yeah. hate sisters of mercy but i fucking got their got tattoo the, on my chest tattoo um and so um but like even like, shit in watching this movie to prepare prepare for this podcast and even i've seen this movie like shit times uh, a shit ton since it came out like i think this was probably the most watched movie I saw. Like, because I, I keep a movie diary, yeah. and this is how I was able to find out find out we watched it in August of 2013. Because very specific. When we're driving over wow. here, I keep uh, I started a movie diary in 2013. That's when it's I started a watching. Good it. year, man. Yeah. So like every movie that yeah. I watch, I I input it, and like you know, it's a month like January, and I have a list of it and stuff. It's like and, so. It's like Soderbergh's. Right, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, I just don't put the directors because, like, fuck that shit. No, you can Google, yeah, well, you but, can uh, Google it now. It's not as but the funny thing. Uh, and uh, a side note, like for this year since we've been in at home a lot like yeah the, the month of march is huge but um so uh so in looking back in that year and stuff like i i was kind of like you know i was not entirely like a gary king-esque character but in the years that's, that's followed i've kind of noticed that i've been very very nostalgic for old times and a little bit more yeah. self-destructive than most of my peers mm. um mm. yeah because you know um not 
because of any one fault, just because of, I guess, habits and stuff. So I can really totally uh, relate way more to this movie now than I did back in seven years ago, I guess, when, I, when we first saw it. Right. Um, that being said, it's still like a very uplifting and positive message coming through all this because like, you know, I mean, the end of the movie kind of ends in a weird bittersweet moment, but it does end in a good way for all the characters. There's growth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah growth. growth. But as far as like, you know, um, the Gary King character is like, I guess the, the one I can relate the most to. Cause like I do always kind of bring up or like I've always, I, I am very nostalgic for the past and wanting to recreate stuff in there, but I am always very, I mean, I'm not entirely self-destructive like the way the character is like there's no way i'm gonna you know i don't want to do like six shots like in one fucking like I, did anyone else think that <laughs> 12 kind of pubs in one night seemed so like 12 pubs, much like, see, 12, 12 in, uh, pints in, in 12 general in, yeah so like see much. good golly yeah, right ex- like you know even as a person for me who i like to drink i'll just probably say that i mean i think um, our listeners from... I mean, yeah, we're drinking right now. So. Right, yeah, 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 obviously, yeah, yeah. There's a white <laughs> call in my hand. Mm-hmm. But also, like, for uh, listeners from Revenge of the Sequel, Countdown to Infinity, and um, even Adam, you know, you've seen me, like, pre- Adam and Brent and uh, <laughs> Delphin during a shoot uh, yeah, where yeah, I yeah. wasn't oh, able to yeah. stand and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still not as bad as the thing that I won't talk about from that one short that you brought up. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I have not, a text waiting for me. Oh, on my phone. I know. I can't wait. It's <laughs> going to be rough. I'm not, like, I, I know that there's, like, it wasn't like because for Gary, I feel like Gary the next day it, it um, let's do it again or like you know or something like that and like it to me it's there's a reflection. Well, to I it, got I, guess. I have a question yeah. for you guys so, about Gary. Do you think that he felt and this is somehow this is also something that happens whenever you do go out on a bender like mm-hmm. this is there's 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 a part of you that does feel like it is one of the last nights of your life anyways when you're drinking like twelve pints a night. Right. But do you think this? is something that Gary just wants for this one moment? Or do you think he I, wants more? He wants, like, actual friendship from this I night. I think... Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up the movie Annihilation. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Wow. And, cool. uh, also a fun yeah. jaunt. A fun romp. <laughs> yeah. With it, aliens. And I... And I... It, it's... I know that it seems so weird to bring that movie up, but at the core of that movie, even in the title, it's... It's it's self destruction, right? Mm. And uh, it's like this, uh, like entropy and annihilation is that humans are like, are it, it's kind of a cynical take, but it's like humans are like just driven towards annihilation and self destruction. And Gary King is like this type of person who's like, I need the conflict, and I can't get conflict anywhere else, so I look towards myself and self destruct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally kills himself at the very end <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that, that, and that's what would that was the whole theme of Annihilation. It's that's just true. like that whole like that drive to like all those females that were going out there. They had nothing to live for. You know, like most mm-hmm. of them had just like some of them were going to die, and it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna go on this trip because if I don't, I'm just gonna I'm gonna self destruct anyway. You know, like right because. Yeah. Because that's why I love that movie is just that whole concept of like inner torture being having the only way to cope is to like externalizing it like mm-hmm. and that's what so that's why Gary King has the turn at the end because he finally doesn't have his inner workings as the source of conflict anymore mm-hmm. he had purposely I know we're jumping to the end but like he had purposely initiated fuck you to peaceful times. 
to give him a sense of purpose in externalizing his conflict and having this apocalypse, and that's where he's the most happy, is like exactly. like literally facing off like other people and when when and killing, uh, you know, the I mean? external yeah. world yeah. is as destroyed as his internal world, basically. Then he's happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, I think it's uh, almost like a very sad ending in, in a way. Honestly, yeah, yeah. dude, we're, we should definitely talk more about it in a yeah. bit. But um, yeah, because I, I think so too. I think uh, that that's why I said I think I relate to you a lot, John, in that regard. It's like I saw my path like heading. I don't know. It's like I relate a lot to Gary King because I was very way more than now, but I was very, uh, a lot more self-destructive and also nostalgic about the past. And like, uh, I don't know. It's like when, when I was in, uh, a band, uh, I wrote a song actually about that era called golden age. And it's about 2009 specifically. Yeah. And it's about, it's about like a Gary King party night. Um, you can listen to that song on the homecoming. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was waiting for that. That's why I smiled yeah. at Delvin. Yeah, coming, coming, like, coming out June 16th. But here, yeah. this reminds me of a t-shirt I sell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, no, no. It's like, it's like, I, and I wrote that song, I think probably in, God, I don't know, 2015 or 2016 right. in, in an era when I was much more like, fuck, are my best years behind me? Like, because that time when I was like 18, 19 and I was like partying and, it was just like the sun rises and you're still up. And um, is that like the best that there is? And then, you know, you obviously, you know, if you're lucky, you grow from that. And you, you know, like after that, I uh, just like you guys did. I like uh, met up with Adam again after we hadn't been really hanging out as much and met Amy and all that stuff. But it's like it, it's like you could see this like split and I could see my life going in like a Gary King direction, right, yeah. you know? And I think that's why this movie like kind of hits me so hard is, is like there, I don't know. There's always people like this and you know, there's people like this. It almost like every circle and, too. Like I, I feel like everybody knows a Gary King and Gary King is probably like the character or elements of Gary King are probably in all of us. Like, you know, everyone kind of wants to mm. go back and do some really cool shit, you know, that we did at, or, or like, let's relive some shit that we did in the yeah. past. But like, you know that the whole the whole point of the movie, I think Rosamund Pike says like, we go forwards, not backwards. Yeah, and yeah, um, that's yeah, the yeah. whole theme of the movie. And um, you know, and that's all. Uh, yeah, that's, she's like, it would be. Yeah, it was cool when I was seventeen, but yeah, I'm facing forty now. <laughs> right, exactly. She's like, yeah, fucking someone in the bathroom is cool when you're like, you know, you were yeah. young, but like not so much when you're like when pushing, you're 40. pushing forty. Forty. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I think I, I wrote that quote down. She says. It's not all about that night, and he says, "Isn't it? Isn't it?" So like, it doesn't like, have to be. Two, yeah, that's like the two that, fighting perspective. That, that's right? the. I think the fundamental flaw to Gary King is like nostalgia is a good thing if interpreted in the correct fashion. He mm-hmm. doesn't. He he has a whole peaking mechanism in his brain about it because like nostalgia is like it's a ghost of an emotion. You chase it. You can't. You never can hang on to it. Like it's mm-hmm. like. You can but, never experience true yeah. nostalgia because it's only a I don't know it's it's kind of weird to explain but it's, it's like its own it's, emotion really it's yeah. it's not even an emotion like I feel like it's it's a, it's it's weird it's like a, it's a specter of an well, emotion it's, or something it's like that. A, whoa well I mean like like, like uh, you, you Matt, can't, it, hold on let me write it. that down John says nostalgia is the specter of an emotion well, it's just because it's the, fa- the fact that, that like you great. can't get to like you can't get to it like as soon as you yeah, yeah. you your 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 mind is filled with the nostalgia it's gone already so John, like it's, John it, I'm can, buying what you're selling you can tonight. never so like actually <laughs> hang on to it I mean fuck guys I'm Gary King not I'm Gary <laughs> fucking yeah. like King in, uh, no it's so in, relatable in yeah. Mad Men um, 
he taught he yeah, used nostalgia yeah. as a as a way to sell a product and it's like his description of it was the pain from an old wound mm-hmm. and that's like the that's also another russian like tarkovsky is very nostalgic like he does a lot of he, he made films. nostalgia. He, yeah, he's like, <laughs> if there's an ultimate like nostalgia filmmaker, it's Tarkovsky. But um, I, I also wanted to bring up like how it's also relatable to the film Boy in a way. Uh, Alamein oh, is nice. kind of like uh, Gary King. And, um, wow, yeah, dude. I didn't even connect those dots. Have you guys seen Boy? Mm-hmm. I have not, actually. Oh, my gosh. I, I also so. partially want to talk about Taika Waititi. And, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, should do five that. seconds. Yeah, this isn't the yeah. pod. Do it. This isn't the pod for it. But I think that there's also this really insane... This is totally the pod for it. I know, but I'm saying this is an Edgar Wright app. But oh, yeah. uh, I think this no, happened, dude, too, when I was on the yeah. Tarantino PTA one, the similarities yeah. that they had. There's a really strong similarity with Taika and Edgar Wright and in that they yeah. both weren't really influenced by filmmakers as much as art. Taika Waititi wanted to be an artist, went to art school, and then mm-hmm. during the whole gallery process, was like, this is dumb. This, this is insane. This is such a racket. What else can I do? Get his comedians to make movies with him. But he always wanted to be an artist. And Edgar Wright's parents were artists who had to become teachers because they couldn't get their artist careers to take off. So he mm-hmm. decided... Well, I mean, I, he went to art school. He didn't go to film school. He went to art school, Edgar Wright, and then watched movies there six times a day as well. Yeah, but there's like, oh, this is probably what I should do. Yeah, yeah. both of them are totally influenced by uh, uh, art, This and not just like actual, well, no, shit, not actual art, but you know, like art uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in like the, the, the regular sense of the world. And um, I mean, I, I think the idea that his parents uh, didn't want to be teachers but had to probably played into some of the things that happened in this movie when mm. uh you know everyone but king uh you know uh, had to settle and figure out yeah yeah mm. what they want to be king That's, has like yeah. two oh sorry what were you saying oh no, i was just gonna say that yeah the boy comparison is yeah it's a it's a great one i think because the i mean boy in that movie is is very much and it uses a similar visual language in showing yeah it's yeah it's that's a great comparison because it's like boy has these visual flashbacks that aren't real that are just kind of like your imagined past basically of like oh my dad's so cool he broke out of prison and like stabbed a guy and he also like whatever all the other stuff yeah gary king's movie. incredibly unreliable yeah so you don't even know narrating. if he's like yeah talking if those things really even like occurred the way that i assume they, they look different but we're yeah. seeing it through his perspective yeah that's a and, scott pilgrim yeah. element too like scott pilgrim really yeah. does like he he modifies his like the character himself modifies his memory to fit his yeah. justifications, basically of what he who that's, what he's done. Yeah, that's that's why that's how both of them are, are really good kind of uh, visual directors and their use of that. What were, were you going to say earlier, John? I was going to say like Gary King's, um, which is cool though because Gary King at the end uh, or at the heart. Of, I was going to talk about his motivations. His motivations at the heart of him are conflicted. I think there's two sides at Gary King that are at war. Um, I think he genuinely does want to be with his friends because I think because the movie ends on that note. Like the movie ends with uh, his liter- him literally being in the presence of his teenage version of his friends, and were they um, the teenage version? Yeah, okay. And he was, and he's sober, like you know, at the end of the movie too. But it's so, so that part of him yeah. wins. But like, but a giant part of the actual movie is influenced by his demons. So like, I think he's conflicted on like he does want to get back in touch with his friends, and you know, he like the nostalgia part of him does want to you know, connect with it, but it's also influenced by his alcohol addiction, which is like, you know, because after his, a while, like his generalized, um, 
incapable abilities in society. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. you think about... I mean, he breaks out of a fucking, like, a, a psychiatric hospital. At the yeah. Beginning. And like, that's why I wanted to bring up, like, fucking those, uh, what do you call them, the, the preppers? Like, the same psychology, really. You know, like, preppers are usually just, like, losers, essentially, who don't fit into society. Mm-hmm. And they prepare themselves for an apocalypse just so because they know they can't fit into society so they f- hope that an apocalypse happens so now they're finally useful right, as people yeah. and yeah, that's like yeah. the psychology that Gary King almost has is like now like that the world has ended i am useful now you know and i think you're coming yeah. for me and my 1000 toilet paper rolls that i have <laughs> well, even like even during closet, yeah. before like the actual world ends too cuz like there's there's two i think like points in this movie where you where shit hits the fan like i think the one where uh where they find out that they're being basically attacked by alien robots and then the second is when um you know the world actually ends the the first time he um you know because up until the first 40 minutes or so i think that the 40 minute mark is when they actually uh encounter the blanks which is what they call them yeah Um, the bathroom right yeah the Um, the oneer yeah yeah so the 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 crazy thing is like he's Gary King is kind of like a villain. Like, he's like the antagonist up in that. And then after that, because Gary, all of the crazy theories that, like, everybody else can't believe, and Gary's like, I can believe this, he turns into the the hero. Like, everyone starts following him. Like, he's now He's the king of the blanks. Yeah, now he's back in control. Like, and they're all like, you know, it's this is an Arthurian quest. Like, all of these people have... uh, you know, Arthurian names, like, you know, Andy Knightley, St- Stephen Prince, Oliver yeah. Chamberlain, Peter Page, you know, like, they're all, like, you know, basically a knight. Kiera Knightley? <laughs> they're all uh, knights of the round table, recently. And then, like, uh, Gary King is the actual king. And he, be, you know, he uh, he takes charge during during that time, like, the, uh, the time where, like, where everything hits the fan. And then at the very end, it's it's a different, like, kind of, like, uh, intervention, I guess, because like I well, think I, Edgar Wright called that, these like that, three different interventions. That just kind of makes me wonder about like uh, just on a more political sense of like what the messaging is in this film, in the sense of like compromise before uh, versus like authoritarianism. You know, because yeah. like Gary King is a little literal like autocrat for like conflict. human flaw, yeah, human yeah. flaw, oh, yeah. And human error, yeah. yeah. That's Annie's classic like, social social science fiction. Like yeah. that's classic. Like invasion of the body snatchers. Like these people are invading to better to help us. us. Yeah. But like, are they really bettering us if we're just being absorbed as a part of this like entity or something? Like mm. you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a really weird like take on. But that's on also this. like yeah. the 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 cross pollination with just like growing up, right? Like yeah. Yeah, if you're a rebel and you're like that to your whole life, you're going to be a Gary King, right? Like you're just going to always like stick to your guns and never like fit into society. And mm-hmm. everyone else had compromised and moved with the motions of society. And that, who's really yeah. in the right in all this? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, who's like to say that's the that? yeah. that's the interesting part. Is like I don't I want to get what y'all's like interpretation of like is there really anything that's right about it? About who who is, or is it just like a commentary? It's a very of, uh, morally gray. Yeah, yeah. I I I wanted to bring up the because uh, what I kind of caught on to this time is thematically like it's a jarring moment that bathroom scene when we're suddenly 
and maybe we could talk about how he maybe could have like laid a little more groundwork for that kind of shift when it happens. Edgar Wright's doesn't doesn't really. Do but that. yeah, I mean, he he doesn't, and it and it is this very wild kind of sci-fi shift of like there are robots now and all that. But then I think what is there to back it all up is that there's thematic purpose behind it, and that um, I wrote the genre is used to back up Gary because there's the line. Uh, the town's change, not us, that he uses. And now right. the circumstances that they're all thrust into, Gary now can like resume his role as leader because it's like, yeah, it's the problem isn't with me. It's the town the whole time. It's a like, coping and, mechanism, that's basically. What, that's like, what we're like, talking about, the externalization of exact, internal conflict. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the actual physical, it's like the actual act of drinking. Like, you know, you're kind of just, you know, you... Instead of actually drinking, though, he's using the real world events to cope with, because he doesn't have to recognize what's wrong oh. with him now. Because film theory, film theory alert. Mm. There's film now theory bigger alert. I just made this up right now. Oh, cool! Oh, uh, shit. I was a he got lost. so excited he broke his microphone. Oh, yeah. Holy shit! He's gonna get freestyle. He's in a psychiatric ward still the whole time. Ah, yeah. Shutter Island. And those style. are all his friends all visiting that. him, and he just puts them into like. Oh, you know, wait, is breaks? this a Sam yeah. Fuller movie? Um, so I. <laughs> no, it's probably a stupid film theory. I but think, I think there's a lot. Fine. I think there's a lot to what you're saying, and I think yeah. that that moment. I mean, if you think about everything leading up to it. You know the kids are the kids he fights are supposed to look a lot like them when like they're them. younger, and then they're, talks, they're, they pop off too. Like if you notice that their limbs, their heads pop off like action figures, which yeah. is like a youth thing. You you pull off the, the yeah, you're playing with toys basically. Yeah. Like and he, so that's what it is. He's always he's critic. There's a there's a moment I think maybe the first intervention that you're talking about where he yells at his friends and tells them right, that you yeah. guys are the slaves in the world and I'm the free one. So there's a lot yeah. that that. I guess uh, foreshadows the the literal things that are going to happen later on. Um, but yeah, that's a great moment. Anecdotally, that's mm-hmm. the, I think Jordan Peele before he made Get Out texted or asked Edgar Wright uh, how he did that because he was going to do it for Get Out in one of the final scenes and like thematically. Uh, I think like uh, just technically uh, oh, okay. speaking, the that oneer in the restroom that is a yeah. interesting but it's comparison. Also, yeah, get out in this movie. His yeah. movies do tend to take these massive leaps, and there there was something even more massive. You t- we talked about nostalgia earlier. Time travel was in the first draft of draft this movie, it, yeah, and they had to take it out because it was too late to add it. But it's, well, they took Jesus. it out because like, apparently, like they they had time travel in the movie because they wanted Gary to end up with his teenage friends somehow. And um, like in the thing he was looking for, right? Exactly. Like that was going to be the end game. Like I think they said they wrote the ending before they wrote the bulk of the movie, and so they wanted Gary to basically like come back around and like actually just hang out with his teenage friends. <laughs> and that third act was time travel, and the, but they said like you know in the writing process they're like, well, time travel sucks because like it it creates a lot of plot hole elements, right? And yeah, so they started, nice. but because of the time travel plot failing, they actually perfected the blanks because the blank concept, you know, came from he needs to end up with young versions of this, of these people. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's where the whole blank pl- concept came from. Like we know there, these, uh, this, you know, this consciousness, this, uh, almost the, like Dr. Who, the Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Borg or like the autons from Dr. Who, which is, I was going for. And I think Doc, uh, uh, Edgar Wright said the same thing where he's like, he watched the terror of the autons yeah. and they, um, 
We it's just talked about Doctor Who and Star Trek, so ladies. <laughs> yeah, hey, hit yeah. us up. Yeah, hit us uh, up. Y'all love hive minds? <laughs> exactly. Talk about um, it. We can talk all day, baby. <laughs> Shit, you're throwing my throat. Borg cubes? <laughs> um, so all cubes. of that stuff is like, you know, it's... it's Fuck, I lost my train of thought. You go on your... Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. We're going we to we talk about one of the corners in the, t- the board cube. Uh, <laughs> your t- cube corner. In this corner, we have Sorry, Data, like who becomes... So, uh, uh, you were talking about the blanks, and but I, I think that's a oh, great Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they perfected it. Like, yeah. from that, like, all of the... The blank idea basically just came from, like, grabbing a very simple idea of, like, Gary being with his friends. And I, I think it's just fascinating that you re- reverse engineer a very complex... Uh, I wouldn't say antagonist, but yeah, I guess it is the antagonist of the movie Like yeah. from that. And you combine elements of uh, the NWA from Hot Fuzz and the zombies from See, Shaun of the Dead, which is yeah. basically a combination of both yeah. those two. I, like, you this know, is you why get, I... Yeah. This is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is why like, I like Edgar Wright over like a... Um, What's his stupid name? Um, oh District boy. Nine guy uh, Neil, Neil Blomkamp. Because oh. like, because yeah. Edgar Wright starting off from like the relationships perspective, right? Yeah. And then develops the genres, you know, like the blank concepts and all that. Not let's start from the blanks yeah. and then put everything else in. Because mm-hmm. like Neil Bloomkamp, like this is cool. Now let's write a story around this cool part, or here. like an Abrams, yeah. you know what I mean? Type or of Abrams, oh exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, yeah. Well, even I'm coming sorry. from nostalgia, is your more. is your stock uh, being sold Uh-oh. right right it's now? Sold off Let's right just now. say that I'm a fan of Bad Robot and uh, everyone over there. It's funny though because like we we're on a Star Wars podcast. If yeah. um, if people are listening in, um, I don't know. I was like, I'm more on the Ryan Johnson side of things. And I, uh, here we go. Here Uh-oh. we go. We can't get going with this. Hey, mark that off for your bingo card, bingo listeners. Card. Star Wars, Last Jedi. There Last it is. Jedi. I think. I think. I do you, like Abrams stuff. I mean, Super Eight is cool. Oh boy, I will say that. I think to Adam's point, yeah. the premise can't yeah, overpower the meaning That's of the all. movie. Yeah. And there's plenty of movies that, that do have that. amazing yeah. premises, but it's don't ever find what they're about. It's not to discredit mm-hmm. that the yeah. action. That Neil Bloomkamp does, like yeah. he does really terrific like set pieces. And District Nine actually had a really strong meaning, especially couched but in South just, Africa. You know, that's yeah, just, I liked Elysium. Elysium was what, pretty cool. One and done. One Elysium. and done. That's how I feel. Well, Elysium is literally an upper class. So I liked up, they're above the atmosphere. You know, I liked Elysium but, technically more on the than the you know the story level. When are you guys going to do cool. Blomkamp versus I don't know oh, Martin God. Scorsese? Jesus Christ! Versus well, Martin well, Scorsese. What a good short fun series that It'd would be. It'd be JJ versus Bloomkamp, which would yeah. be hilarious. Wow, that's an interesting one. <laughs> would you count I Lost? Think I might write. Wait, that down. so do you have to watch all of Lost? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh God, that would be unfair because that would be <laughs> that would so heavily tilt the scales. Ooh, do a Blomkamp favorites. versus Alex Garland, like concept versus concept, but someone who. Really good at concept. I would just be and very really triggered. as bad as concept. Like, I, yeah. So yeah. I, I, the way that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg wrote their first movie uh, is actually pretty standard. They made space, but uh, TV shows are not movies. So yeah, yeah. they read uh, uh, who's the one McKee and Robert Sid McKee. Field, yeah. and that was it. They they took if you read Sid Field, he has like this eight. It's like a every, te- it's a it's a template technical like, book. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a is very space, it's a walkthrough. Can? No, he okay. has like every every movie has these eight things that happen. Yeah, in them. Sidfield has like he invent like Sidfield was the one who popularized the inciting incident and like and the, and and this, to their credit, Simon that. Simon Pegg and uh, Edgar Wright watched like a hundred movies and fit all of them into this thing, and they said, "Hey, it's oh. right." So all of their movies are they're not formulaic, but they do follow the same pattern, and they said there's nothing new about what they do. 
they just that's ran like McKee with, and Sid Field. That's yeah. that's art in general, baby. Yeah, like, baby. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what Quentin Tarantino said. He was like, uh, was it Quentin Tarantino who said like the the great art you, you steal great art you steal from everything. I think that's, everything. Yeah, yeah, I think he. I feel like he said that because like you can't. How could you not? I mean, like that's why I don't get like the whole concept of originality. It's like originality is merely your subjective interpretation yeah. of the past like and you have culture to re- and, and star can, wars was an original yeah. thing you can bring your own like but initially to the table, yeah. though. everything else right? before yeah. it yeah. Before yeah i think you can bring your own things to the table though because like that's what i mean the subjective like interpretation of prior art you well know even what i mean i yeah but even yeah well i guess so yeah you're totally right because i was like mm-hmm. that i guess that's what's feeding it i, I was going to disagree with you but i was like you're totally just i'm, I'm on your level yeah because yeah. like uh, shawn of the dead and hot fuzz are in a sense, at first glance and on surface level, they seem like they're, like what I said earlier, they're parodies of other things. And I guess like World's End kind of appeals to me because it's a little bit more like, like it's not trying to do a riff on anything, even though yeah. like you would think, because, you know, Shaun of the Dead, a riff on zombies. And then, you know, uh, Hot Fuzz, a riff on Michael Bay type action movies. This one's, uh, you know, a very, out of the three, like, genres this one might be the least popular so it's like i guess it's the least one that came out to me like i guess it, to me it's the most original because i was like i've never seen anything like this like i was like it's kind of weird like i've seen yeah. invasion of the body snatchers but it's not like like at the end like i, I invasion of the body snatchers as spoilers if never, no one's seen it like it doesn't end in a happy way you know you know what i mean like it's that's that's like social science fiction though like i forgot which one of you guys said it earlier but like that's what this specific trilogy He's doing kind of with all three of them, even yeah. less so Hot Fuzz because it's not science fiction. But it's like, like the best science fiction takes either like, uh, like emotional like relationships or social. God, this scene's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, like Frost's <laughs> face right there. Yeah. God, uh, uh, who, who, what actress is that? Out of just you know, just curiosity. genuine curiosity. Yeah. Uh, we'll look it up. Um, <laughs> look it up but right it's now. like I, I think of something like. <laughs> He's doing a similar thing to something like uh, the original, like Planet of the Apes or like Rod Serling stuff, like Twilight Zone. It's like yeah. you take yeah. very real socially, and it's like uh, Jordan Peele is like a, a an even more modern version of that. It's like you take these kind of like real social concerns or like relationship concerns. Uh, like I think of like Black Mirror too, and like you, like the the science fiction comes out of that, and it's not the other way around. You don't think about like this would be cool. Yeah, like that's not how Blade Runner was written. It's not like, yeah. man, I really like neon lights and like Atari mm-hmm. signs and stuff. It's like, no, you come out of like an extrapolation of the pre- the present mm-hmm. like social issues that we encounter. you come out conflicted. Yeah. Like yeah. you you don't know which side is right at the very end. The takeaway of it, like you know, I, to me, that's what like that's, that's, true social yeah, science fiction yeah, is yeah. like. Well, who really won? You know, at the very end of the day, like that's, that's true. That's, that's true the too. There is, is like, always ambiguity. Yeah, Batman versus Superman. Uh, no matter who wins, we all lose. That's uh, Alien yeah. versus Predator. Shit, I that's, keep bringing that's that's the fucking yeah, tagline. And we did Predator. all lose. Uh, that's, yeah, that's uh, totally true. true. You did bring that up in the last time we were I all keep together too. BVS, but I don't know <laughs> who wins. The aliens podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the viewer does. Yeah. Delphin, <laughs> oh, the sorry. viewer wins. This is why we specialize in superheroes and Star Wars. Stuff. I I did want to bring up like uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier about the because I think about this movie and it's like the micro and the macro and the micro is their trip to go and do all twelve pubs so that Gary King can have some sort of like accomplishment sh- in his life. Yeah, yeah, some kind of accomplishment of like I 
tried to do this thing when I was a kid. It was the best night of my life, and I failed, and I just need to do it. But then the macro of then you have this whole civilization that is basically on a galactic scale saying to humanity, like, we got you, you need man. to change, and you need to get your shit together. And it's and Garrett, like one of the scenes that I really cl- like that clicked for me this time is the scene when Gary King. It's near the end. He's getting chased by the future, which is essentially it's all the blanks and all the the quote unquote the robots that they keep calling them, mm-hmm. the slaves or whatever. Uh, and he's running towards the past, which is the bar that he needs to get to. And I was like, it's such a good like thematic moment that really sums up the like later half of this movie when. It does get like it gets so big so fast, but it's like it's grounded in something thematic where it's like he's getting chased by the the beings that want to change him and change humans to be all like them. And he's like, fuck, no, man, like I need to run towards the past. And that's why I do think that the ending is kind of uh, it's kind of sad. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So there's 12 pubs in the movie. Do you guys know how many steps there are in re- addiction recovery? Yeah, 12. 12, 12 steps. Oh. Wow, twelve steps. These are twelve let's, steps. Uh, let's go through them. No, well, I think it's like <laughs> uh, like I'm the first one to answer. No. Denial. Bad. John's Bad. in the denial stage. <laughs> well, I think that's why this movie's a little bit more in the yin, yin and the yang sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Just yeah. like you know, there is light in the darkness, and you know that you find you can only see the darkness if there's light and something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just yeah. like there's no real like progression at all. It's just, it's just, this is just what it is. Like, this is just reality. Well, I think the ending know? definitely does have, like, progression for some of the characters. I think I it, I, it, I, I, I do. I think, I think, as soon as for Gary King, I think, like, you know, everybody else kind of are, you know, they, they live the same way. I think, like, you know, some, obviously some, some lives are modified for the obvious, like, you know, like, you know, Peter and Oliver just have a head. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> that's, I love that <laughs> so fact insane. that like Martin Freeman's, uh, he also like they, the, the BTS goes into a, was I'm he shooting Hobbit at this time? I feel like he, he was, was he, probably right after, busy. Yeah. Right after they, um, like wrapped on his, uh, last scene, he went to do Hobbit press. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh. And so, but the th- funny thing is like, you know, they <laughs> Everyone's so nervous around Martin Freeman because Martin Freeman is on all the time. And, like, I think the makeup oh, people said that, like, you know, they had to uh, do a fake soccer ball around his head. <laughs> they were, like, so nervous about that. He's, he's, like, always, he's, like, intense or he's always trying he's to be intense, funny? basically. Oh, like, oh, he, oh, Billy yeah. Bob Thornton himself on Fargo was, like, Martin's like a pretty intense dude. Like, you know, Billy That's Bob Thornton, for like, Billy Bob Thornton wow. himself to say that, I'm just like, holy shit. And the guy from The Office... Yeah, <laughs> it's like and um, uh, he's fucking amazing on Fargo. His he's amazing. Fargo he's amazing like, in this oh, movie too. So like uh, even great, after yeah. like he when he turns back into a blank, which we're watching right now. Did you notice that his Bluetooth on his art on his ear is constantly before this? It doesn't blink at all. But when he turns, the Bluetooth on his ear is always blue. It's like it's blinking uh, the entire uh, time because he's getting fed information about the blanks. Oh, Jesus, like from the man. from the Those network. Little touches, yeah. Those little touches, and so uh, those little touches. touches. <laughs> but I, I like the way touches. like every character kind of like sort of evolves in their own way. It's it's a kind of like Edgar Wright says that like this is the most optimistic of the Cornetto trilogy, which is really hard to wow. swallow on the surface because like uh, yeah yeah exactly because the world ends because <laughs> the fucking world ends yeah that is but that's the name of the movie though the world the world's end <laughs> so mm-hmm. like you know Hot Fuzz I think to me is to me is the most positive like in a way 
But um, yeah, I, I feel like Hot Fuzz was like the most. Definitely was the most the positive. The most positive, ending. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably, I would think, like, the, one of the funnier ones. I mean, the idea of Hot Fuzz was, like, a uh, Michael Bay, just an American action movie set in, in, in some small in, town yeah. uh, England. Uh, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit, we just we I feel don't like, know our... our <laughs> you said England and London. Yeah. I was like, those are two totally different places. Well, it's, I don't think it's in London. <laughs> I think it's, Fuck, but, um, but this one... Uh, I, think it's in Wright, Wa- I think it's in Wales. <laughs> Edgar Wright... Um, said that this is the most like the happiest to him of the because of the way Gary King ends up. Gary King ends up the most wants. reformed. Like he's he's clean shaven. He he orders water at the very end, which shows that Such like an interesting touch. Man. Which yeah. shows yeah exactly. And he does everything that like he made fun of. Uh, I think that the whole entire last scene is a is a reference to what him and uh, Andy talk about at the first pub, which is like you know he's like you know you if you you're a guy who walks into a bar at full of uh, big, ugly bastards wearing war paint, and you order water, you're like, that's balls. And that's what he does at the very end of the movie. Like, he, it shows that he's overcome his demons like crazy, and he just wants to be, like, with, among his friends. In a weird way, like, among his young friends, but, like, that's what he's always wanted, so, like, he's accomplished that. And that is, like, the happiest ending he, Edgar Wright says you can give a character, which is, like... Everything he wanted, everyone else in the world. See, that's I was gonna say, in a way, I think it's an incredibly dark ending because it's like it's almost like what if somebody like this, a Gary King type, is reinforced and reinforced and reinforced to like the very end of like cosmic fucking like possibility where it's like a cosmic intervention, exactly. It's like to the very point where. To get their way and for them to stay who they are, the world has to be destroyed. And then and then you have him come into the bar at the end and order water. And I don't know, like maybe that's the, the, the final the, joke, but it's like it's, it feels what, very dark. That's to what me. I meant by like yeah. talking about like the preppers. They got their due. Like mm-hmm. if you think about like anybody who's like, oh, I'm ready for the zombie apocalypse and they like have an M sixteen. They really yeah, just want to kill people. Yeah, exactly. And it's that's, like that's what they want. I've they, met, yeah, I've met some people it, that it, have. It's not because you, you got a problem, buddy. <laughs> it's like they want to fulfill that that need of like killing, and they just yeah. use like the 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 you know the husk of like you know like zombies it's, to be that. And then like if a zombie apocalypse happens, it's like yeah, I can kill things. They, they want to be, yeah, really, they want yeah. to be right. I think that's what's yeah. most interesting about this movie because how easy would it have been after the first time his friends tell him, mm. you know, you have a drinking problem for him to listen or for him to say, fuck you guys, I'm going to do my own thing. But instead, all of the things he wants is reinforced. They have to finish drinking because of the blanks. (laughs) They all have to do what he says, not just because he's in charge, but just because he's... The situation that calls for it. The situation calls for it. And so it it is all marching towards, yeah, that that ending that is, I guess, optimistic for King. But For uh, King, yeah. But that's why Adam's theory might be right. This was all. <laughs> it was all in his fucking head. A dream, because yeah, what be if really that cool, was his last know. bender? That what he actually just drank himself to death uh, yeah, after oh, after the restroom. Yeah, that's one, his, like one final drunk. Yeah, that's his, like, that was yeah, that's his like final like like you know vision like dream of like perfection there at the very See, end. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I find that 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 interesting that he says that it's like the most optimistic. I can see it in yeah. the sense that it is optimistic in that. You have Nick Frost giving all the narration 
at the end, and basically the whole world's been destroyed, but his narration is basically pointing out all the good shit that's, that's happening happened. still. Yeah. And so in that sense, just by the fact that literally everything is gone and Nick Frost is like still like, you know, I got back with my wife. and uh, Well, that's, a, that's what's interesting about like it, it, it kind of mirrors – sorry to interrupt, but no, no, um, it mirrors like Shaun of the Dead because, yeah, you know, yeah, when the world yeah. is ending, what do you <laughs> prioritize? The, the, the people that you've – like with Steve, he's like, I'm just going to fucking tell the, mm-hmm. the crush that I've had for like, what, 20 years? Yeah finally how i feel because of the sense of urgency that's been given and that's the the yin and the yang of of apocalypse is like <laughs> you f- when you're faced with death i mean like fe- fe- what's his name uh Dostoevsky, the guy who made uh, yeah. he made crime and punishment he was on like death row and he wrote all those books that are classics like crime and punishment and the idiot and all that it's in prison it's because he had the the specter of death haunting him in the background. He knew when it was going to happen. Well, There's going to be a lot of 2020 Dostoevskys, right? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of those guys popping up. That's going to get old really quick. Yeah. <laughs> All of these Zoom stories that were... Yeah. But oh, that's boy. that's what's kind of cool about this movie is just like it shows like humans are so like weird in the way that conflict being the a driver for prioritization while with the aliens intent was to not drive any conflict at all and create world peace, you know, like literally that's what they were aiming for. Yeah. And everyone usually is just like, you know, on a very generic sense, we're all like, yeah, of course world peace. Yeah. But the actual reality is like, what does that really mean? The loss of self or, or being complacent with the situation you're in, you know. Roddy King's the only free one or the only Uh, one. Well, And then I love, and we should Mm -hmm. talk about it, but the the final scene, and I I had forgotten it, even though I've seen this movie a few times, but like when he's faced, it's like, it's almost like Edgar, a little bit on the nose here, but it's like he's literally faced with his past self. Yeah. And it's like there's angelic music and he comes down and it's like, God, I was so cute. It's a good joke. And then, yeah. like, he comes down, and then he fucking, like, kills yeah. himself. And it's yeah. funny. Kills himself. You, you talk what, about Edgar annihilation, that like, but that happens commentary. in Annihilation, too. Natalie yeah. Portman kills herself. Yeah. Herself. Oh, yeah. Hell, dude. Uh, Edgar yeah. Wright says that. Like, you know, he, they, they was intentionally written. Like, he pulls his head off because, like, he sliced his wrist, and he couldn't kill himself before. Like, he botched yeah. it. Mm. But he actually kills himself after that, and he, in a sense, gives himself. Because, you know, in the in addiction recovery you have to give yourself to a higher power to save yourself from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And in a sense that was his, him giving himself to a higher power, not to the network, which is like, you know, it's meant to seem like that, but you know, he's, he's like, I have to kill the past. Yeah, exactly. Because like that's he's, my he's, God. Basically. He's a, yeah, exactly. So he's basically like, you know, um, kill the himself. past. Yeah. Kill it. If you have, if you to. have to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cross it off the bingo cards again. Get a new one. Throw it in the to, trash. I, so, I, was like, I thought I about that? that today too. I was like, it's it's really movie. cool though. It's 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 Kill so rich. Death. Like I thought it it it's it's great about this. It is, like, yeah, man. It, and it's like that. That's another thing that uh, you know separates him from bad directors. It's like you could that that could be a moment that's like a little little heavy handed, but it's like it's it's so well done in this movie. And I wanted to talk about one of the reasons why a lot of this Gary King stuff works so well um, is because 
Simon Pegg's incredible in this movie. Right, yeah. Like, he's walking this really diff... Like, I, I'm not... I've, I've only acted in, like, a couple of... Th- I'm, I'm no actor. I'm no actor, basically. Yes, I'll just you leave are. It there. Yes, you are. Bro. But it's like... It's Brian, you're no actor, go, but hit. you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, you're a great liar. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. Um, but it's like, he's walking this insane line of, like, Gary King is really funny in this movie. And he's also... Like Adam, you texted me today that it's yeah. it's hard to watch. It's like yeah. it is cringy too, um, but then there's also this fucking like darkness and this sadness like behind the character the whole time. And, that- and he also weaponizes that, which is so fucking terrible. Yeah, that's yeah. like his, his superpower <laughs> yeah. is like manipulation, yeah. like really gaslighting like, really people. Because yeah. like he he what does he do? Like I think uh, he he flatters Oliver. He he bullies Peter. He lies. He, uh, he robs Peter to pay Paul. No, I still owe Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, he emo- emotionally manipulates Andy about his like mom and stuff. So like he's yeah. a he's a bad person. At, like at the core, like you know he's, he's yeah a very yeah. unsympathetic character. But because oddly, he uses yeah, his yeah. sadness to like yeah yeah he challenges get his Steven. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, he uses his own. He knows what he's at. Yeah, like where he's at, and that's why I think they they say too, and I think it's true in real life is like people with. Uh, like addictions or alcoholics, I guess, and specifically in this one, like they're very organized. Like, so like in their mind, they know how to mm-hmm. spin a bad situation into a good one just for their own sake. And they can believe that like immediately. And, um, and that's a little true in a sense too, just cause I kind of relate to like how that kind of works in a sense. Cause like everyone kind of wants to take a bad spin on things like an, on impulse. Everyone wants, wants to take a bad spin on things. If, especially if it happens to you, like oh, you want to yeah. spin it into something good. And well, that's what, yeah, it's oddly what you're taught to do. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you want to spin it into something positive. Like even if it's like horrifying, it was meant to happen. Right. You and know, then, uh, God is testing the, the you. The will of God. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. Like stuff like that. And then the like Democrats it, did it. Obama. Yeah. Gate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Come, uh, <laughs> the biggest one. <laughs> Um, the Obama. biggest gate ever. The yeah, gate the biggest. It's gate. bigger than Heaven's Gate. But oh, um, shit. but Gary King is the master <laughs> the of the film. Like Gary King is the absolute master of all that shit, and it's it's uh, crazy that you have a character like that in, I, in this dude. Yeah, yeah. dude. I I wanted to. No, I said yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to say too that like aside from Simon Pegg being so good in this movie, there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes with Simon Pegg specifically, and this all came out, like, I think a year or two ago. Yeah, later. And, like, yeah, yeah like, m- much later. Um, this, Yeah, this was a crazy read, man. Yeah, I think it was, like, in the Atlantic or uh, Washington He was Journal actually an alcoholic. Like, he brought a lot of this yeah. to it. Yeah. It was, yeah, no, this was, like, who he was. Like, this movie written into the script was a lot of his pain. Like, he was even talking about how, like, on the sets of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz... Uh, like he would be, he would always have a drink with him. Right. And he would be yeah. drinking like on the set and he was like very heavily an alcoholic and, and he was, uh, but th- I think this movie is, I think he was working through all that stuff in the development of this movie. And so that's why this, it's interesting because you can even visually see he looks different than Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Yeah, he's so clean and fucking right, uh, yeah. Hot yeah. Fuzz. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's he like looks so fucking messed up here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but it's interesting because like um, he talks about how this is the movie that was kind of his that like saved him. Like right, yeah, and then and then after that, like he started getting opportunities like like Star Trek and uh, uh, Run Fat Boy Run, yeah, Run, Run Fat Boy. Won't Paul. mention that one. 
Hector and the search for happiness. I mean, listen, he, the guy likes a paycheck. Um, Star Trek? But don't we all? Mission Impossible. A, but, but no, it's like, like a John Travolta-esque thing. Uh, Quinn Tarantino when he didn't do it because, you know, he couldn't do it. Oh, that's right. I forgot he yeah, was going to be offered. in uh, um, Lord's Bastards. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, after this, he talks uh, about himself. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was much more fit. I look healthier in, in all the movies. Like when you compare it to Shaun of the Dead, cause I was like red and overweight and just like, cause I was drinking all the time. And, uh, so yeah, I just found it's a really good, I'll probably link it when I post this episode. Cause it's a really good read about yeah. how like he worked through all the demons and, and gave up drinking. Like he had to give up drinking. Cause I, I think he said that like he had a kid and he was like, Oh, this just isn't going to like work right, yeah. as, as well. You he know? said so, that. Yeah. After he had his, like his first kid was like kind of weird. Cause he said he would like, it was as common as going to just like, you know, it's funny because like it kind of makes us think about ourselves, but or in general, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, like, it's yeah, as common I'm as sure going that. to an airport and having just like a beer or something. And he yeah. was like, "I can't do that." At, he's like, "I I had to do that at every airport." And then like he noticed that it was getting more and more like weirder after that. Like you know, he would have like two beers or like he would get there like sometimes he didn't like, he didn't have a flight. He was still at the airport drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. It might have been some of the, something. There, yeah. there are some really dark something similar like that. Yeah, like you know, has, where, where yeah. it's just kind of like where you start to justify Insane why you, why you do these you things, and that's that's and the why. that's the scary part of this whole movie. Well, it's like, literally Gary, addiction is like yeah. the cognitive like behaviors of yeah justifying things like right. You know, you you like that's why it's so hard because. Once you got, I mean, I can say this about like ex girlfriends because those are those are definitely drugs in a way. <laughs> yeah, in, in my experience, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. It, you you get off that drug and you know you feel like you're done, but then your mind starts like thinking of like rational ways of like going back. But right, like, yeah, well, in, a, in a, uh, a harmless yeah. way, even in though a it's harmless not harmless way, way at all. Even though it's not, yeah, exactly. it's like super harmful to yeah. do so. That's yeah. why addiction is such a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I just I, I I love and I think that yeah, just like that personal struggle that Simon Pegg was going through, I think in the development and maybe even filming of this movie, it's like it's so it's all there on the screen. Like he's so fucking good in this movie. Like he walks so many lines of being super funny, but also having like a real giant sadness to him. For like, sure, this yeah. movie is fucking sad, dude. It's like, super sad. It's a really sad movie. And it's like all right there under the surface. Um, and he's just so he's so frustrating. It's so, so funny too because yeah, like I feel yeah. like it is the silliest. It's not the most gag heavy of the Cornetto trilogy. But it's also really think, funny and fun. Well, that's and, the whole yeah. thing. I think it's the silliest of the three because there's still jokes going on even during the harshest moments. Yeah. Um, like even if they're even if they're just small visual gags, like in the corner of the screen or something, like it's still it's still funny. But like it um, out of the three movies, like it's the it's the silliest and the saddest of like the three. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, for it's sure. so weird. I think that's what makes this Cornetto trilogy so good is it is an incredibly personal journey for both of them, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Yeah. Uh, all of them. I'm right. Isn't Hot Fuzz was, was, were, were stories that he heard from his mom that about the, the Masons in their town. Um, this That's movie is cool. something about yeah. Simon Pegg. Like it's literally, yeah. and it unique. was just combined with their love yeah. of action movies, and, jo- and, like, the, yeah. and yeah, whatever genre fit into that. So I think that you feel how personal it is for them, and I'm sure most of the movies they make after 
are as well. And that's um, why the most personal movies are the best ones. I, I only watch best. home videos, America's Funniest Videos. <laughs> yeah. On Disney it, Plus. Uh, yeah. Uh, you mean you, you don't watch the TikToks like the kids uh, do? Not, I guess TikTok the real man? TikToks, not the staged ones. Those are, like, those are all fake. I mean, like our list. Real TikToks? Uh, what does that mean? Dear Gen Z <laughs> listeners, um, America's, oh honey, America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> America's Honeyest Home Videos. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. I know. <laughs> Who is an American Honey? Yeah. Yeah, America Funniest Home Videos was... It's just outtakes of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, this was honeyest. The honeyest video we filmed today. The honeyest one. Yeah, America's Funniest Home Videos was a... They sent in VHSs where VHSs were these... It's like... You're going to have to describe everything. It's a YouTube video, but you you could have it in this like plastic box in a, in a roughly 80 minute form it can be about 80 minutes of youtube videos yeah. you send it in to tom whatever his name was at a uh, afv hmm. uh, or, or bergeron bob, and before uh, that bob saget bob saget bob saget bob selick bergeron how did you muster that up i'm a bob. i'm a uh, uh dancing with i'm a dancing with the stars alfonso Ribeiro. let's get contemporary oh my god all right do you remember? Yeah, side. Do you remember America's Funniest Home Video when they would begin the Bob Saget years with like a random scene? They would have an entire set piece of like what? camping. No, I do not. And then actually. it would move to like? America's Funniest Home Videos, and then you're like, "What was that about?" <laughs> but every single episode started with a set piece yeah. that was fully made. That it was, what? It was, you got to look it up. Are you every are you, single I, I'm episode? I'm gonna look this up. To all like, random like, set fucking pieces. Fucking Bob put that in his contract. Know, he was like, "We're gonna have these little opening bits." And what are we doing with these millions of dollars? That from, is insane. I always hated the ones where they put the little voices and the cute little sounds over oh, the videos. Oh come on! I was like, let them fucking be on their own. They're funny. But they would get ten. So they didn't adjust for inflation. You get ten grand now, and you get ten grand in the eighties, which was like a million dollars back then. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. I guess video has no value now. Uh, yeah. But let's get back to World's End. Yeah, World's End. Um, yeah. What What else do you guys want to? I think I hit all my points. I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about. Like, what else I, do you guys want to talk what about? What other sti- do you guys talk about? Like the the stylistic things? Because I feel like oh, there's yeah. something oh, that yeah, let's get into that. I think people definitely associate action like and fast pacing handling and, that. That mic stand there. and close-ups uh, yeah. <laughs> to Edgar Wright, but I think what I, I think what what is normally missed is the purpose behind them. A lot of times people are like, "I want to film like an Edgar Wright thing," and then assume it's just close-ups and quick shots. But the purpose in each movie is different, and mm. you know, in 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 uh, Shaun of the Dead, it, it's played for comedy, but the mundane things would have these amazing like close-up because and, and things that he he tried to copy Robert Rodriguez Scorsese getting the guns and getting them ready montages. Oh yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. so he, he made sure that those happened in the, in the regular times because then it felt super important when it was actually time to get all the guns. Um, okay. Hot fuzz was, uh, you know, Michael oh, Bay. Michael yeah. Bay, of course. The yeah. comedy of, of British police don't really have many things to, to get. Uh, so when he's writing, chase the, the geese or the you, geese, yeah, when yeah. he's getting the mug shots, it's, you know, it's the comedy is there. And then of course there is an actual scene where they all strap up with guns. But in this movie, he made it so that you understood just how much each pint, just like regular drinking becomes more and more sinister. Um, I think he equated the beginning montages to beer commercials, beautiful, amber, <laughs> perfect foam. And yeah. then later on, 
they made the beer darker. Some of the, ah. the Foster's labels are upside down in the cups. Yeah, like, it yeah. just becomes more sinister. Dude, so it's the purpose yeah. of those decisions that make them more than just, like, a visual, wow, that was fun. Um, yeah. And yeah. the last, the last beer, he it, it triggers them going into rock. <laughs> the I, worst I would one. Like, I'd like to say he hit rock bottom there because he's literally, literally uh, down, he's yeah. descending down. Yeah. No, that's. I'm really glad you pointed that out. I haven't really thought about it that way. Because once you hit but, rock bottom, there's only up from there, and that's what happens to literally. Gary King anyway. It's true. You know what I mean? He ascends, and the world's destroyed. Because that's that's part of like addiction. Him. Is like you. You like some people just like let people hit that point because yeah. there's nothing else you can do. Like with drug addicts, it's like they have yeah. to have like a life threatening overdose to like actually want. To, like I've read about you know heroin addicts, and the only time they ever like fucking look for help is like when they're you know the literally OD. gonna die. Yeah, yeah. and that's the yeah. only time. Well, not yeah. yeah, and that's that's when they yeah when they've like uh, you don't just casually use heroin. Yeah, like <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like you have to go through rock bottom. Yeah. <sighs> um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad you pointed that out, Delphin. The visual, like the way the visual, like uh, the style and the fight scenes work later on, is yeah, it is to highlight that it's getting more intense now. I love like a thing that I picked up this time is that with Gary. It's always following how important the pint is to yeah. him. So, like, when shit starts hitting the fan, all of his fight scenes are encompassing, like, oh, I need to finish this pint. Whether it be for... The MacGuffin? Of the- yeah, the pint's kind of the MacGuffin, honestly. It's like, uh, yeah. whether it's... Uh, it's I don't know very- if there's anything in that, but it tipped over. Jackie Chan, Drunken Master-esque. Um, okay. Uh, but the tuxedo. The tuxedo. The, cla- the, the medallion. Uh, the- <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have? <laughs> no, but it's it's yeah, it's interesting in that um, it's it's in one hand kind of him chasing the nostalgia because they need to finish the twelve bars or twelve pints. Yeah, but it's also like his addiction to alcohol, and he's like, I need to fucking get this down too. You don't know which one it is, kind of. Yeah, I, I think that's what's what what really separates a lot of these filmmakers is the intention behind uh, everything that they do, and especially when it's layered storytelling where we have something happening plot-wise, but something happening character-wise and story-wise, too. It's a difficult thing to master, but once you do, it is it is, it is going to separate you from someone who just yeah. uses the tools you have to make something and being able to, like, couch I'm, and I'm glad weave that you, things in. I'm glad that you brought up the word intentionality, because that's always, like, what I struggle with with, like, critique of film. Um yeah. I think, like, in my, like, kind of philosophy of critique is there's two, there's two, like, paradigms of critique. It's, like, the intentionality of what the filmmaker was going for and then the consequence of how an audience reacts to it. Yeah, or the, how if mm-hmm. they're able to even portray what they were trying to... But even, yeah. like, you can have, like, a movie that's enjoyable by all audiences and not have it, like intended in a way you know what i mean mm. like uh, the room like capone yeah like yeah those things <laughs> oh, like God. bad movies in the way and it's like yeah. that makes them That's good in in a in a way that is not at the responsibility of the filmmaker yeah. but the Cold audience classics. is a, the audience right. is an important mm-hmm. aspect to it and that's why it's like there's a and when i talk to people like i don't want to say it sound like a like a smug like movie buff guy but it's like i have like kind of these arguments where 
It's like I had an, I had a conversation with a guy who was like, I, I like these movies, and it's just like how I like them, and I didn't like that, so that's why it's not good. Or here's a list of the things that were bad. Well, they just didn't like it. Oh. And that was like the, it's like his, his interpretation was like, I was listen, it's like listening to a song and I didn't like the song. So it's bad. Like that was name him. Thing. No, I don't name, yeah. don't name names, but yeah. I, movies are not music. And I that's mean, why like, but I there like are the, some people, I guess. Well, I mean, it's like, I, it's fair to say you don't like it, but you have to say that you just don't like it. You can't say it's bad. That's the, mm. that's the problem. I like that. Yeah. You, you can't, with that. you can absolutely say I hate 2001 Space Odyssey. That's fine. But you can't hate, say you it's can't fucking say it's bad. bad. Yeah, I agree. Because you don't have the investment in like the intentionality of like what the film is, and that's why I like Edgar Wright because like his his kind of style is like the the meshing of intentionality and consequentialism in film. Because like you can have he he has such great intentions with the layered storytelling like we've been discussing throughout this podcast, and also it's just a it's a funny film. You know, like you, you, yeah. like people who not looking at the intentionality will still like like it. And I think that separates. I mean, that's what makes like really good filmmakers is having the blending, which is like, um, I think Christopher Nolan's like of, of note there, who really doubles yeah. down on that philosophy of like intentionality and right. consequence of like the audience and entertainment. It's right, definitely exactly. hard to balance it's, it yeah. in the way that you want if you want to be like a filmmaker, like a successful, a successful Hollywood yeah. filmmaker. And it always comes with lessons. I think Edgar Wright has had a lot, well, not a lot, but he's had, he knows how to navigate it. And, and when it's bad, I think one of the earliest experiences in his life was uh, when he got to make a like a comedy special for French and Saunders, these British oh, I read about this. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the producer mm-hmm. asked him to do something that he didn't want to do. So he said, well, maybe we can get someone else to do it. And by the end of the day, the producer had called everyone, his agent, saying like he walked off the set, like he quit on the movie, or he quit on the mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. And that's when, I mean, and we, we, I think we were on that James Cameron podcast where we talked about yeah. his producer yeah. like yeah. locking him out of the editing room. So it's definitely hard to balance the idea of you wanting to have some kind of intention or mm. a message or something like a voice, which is the biggest thing that most people want to see. Um, mm. And the idea that, Hey, your thing has to make a ton of money, but he also knows that like he has to be accepted. Accepted. Know, it has accepted to be like yeah. it, the, the money thing is like, I think se- second, but like it has to be accepted. Yeah. And I think Actually, he, no, you're right. The money <laughs> thing, my bad. Sorry. Let me back. The money <laughs> thing in this day and age yeah. obviously has to be first. So if you want important. to work more, but uh, I think yeah. like, you know, in Wright's case, because um, this movie did not do as well. It only made $40 million, you know, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, or something like on, on its like, box office. when was 2013? So that's a mil- billion dollars right. now. <laughs> he came a million from, stimulus checks. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> they keep giving him... A sorry, million stimulus. Which is yeah. like they... Um, he had Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott yeah. Pokemon versus the World. Um, which was also not a... Versus the World, yeah. excuse me, Brent. Versus uh, the world instead of versus the Scott world. Pilgrim v the oh, Scott Pilgrim v Love the it. world. No matter who wins, we lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and that might be true. No, just well, I, I I just wanted to say here too. It's it's cool that we and we'll talk about it in that episode. I'm sure more, but it's cool that after this he gets his Baby Driver, and Baby Driver was in the top ten highest grossing movies that summer. Yeah, like, like, like that movie. I honestly think if Baby Driver didn't do it, he'd be done. 
I'm not. I'm not. He'd, uh, he'd be doing small stuff for he'd sure. Be doing, because like yeah. this is two. These are two moves. Like Scott Pilgrim didn't do well, and I guess I guess World's End didn't do well. World's End didn't do well. And yeah. if if Baby Driver wasn't gonna hit, then he might have been. That's he would have yeah. been in Netflix he territory into, or something, or like yeah. is that what you're saying? Like, what was it? He would have been in like Netflix territory or just like the yeah, because whoa, have, burn on Netflix. Ooh, Martin, is that a burn? Martin Scorsese, the biggest Netflix filmmaker. That's why I just David Fincher. Like, but Spielberg. Trumbo. Hold on, Spielberg burned Netflix <laughs> yeah. like even while Scorsese was making his fucking film. So like you know, well, it's I'm still just saying. Well, I'm just saying, Quibi filmmaker or something. Yes, <laughs> okay, yeah, it really he'd be, applies. He'd be cooking up a Quibi, yeah. Yeah. a Tubi. Let's go even lower. I think Edgar Wright would have always been making movies, but I don't know if they would always be be on the level on the scale, mid, yeah. mid budget. Yeah. Because yeah, like, totally right. yeah. look at Soderbergh. What is he fucking doing? Like. <laughs> he, I think he is. He kind of can still do whatever, but he's chosen. But he's not to go on small. like that whole. He's I making movies on iPhones, but like because he High he wants Bear to, he of, knows like, how. Like he, like, yeah. he kind of like he wants. He's like, yeah. okay, I want to be like in control. Catherine Bigelow after like European. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know a, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, Soderbergh has a lot of in- he wants to change Hollywood. Soderbergh is like an experimental like films, filmmaker yeah. in, like in Hollywood. He yeah. wanted, and I think now I mean, they may look into it. He wants movies to if they don't have a good first week in the box office to immediately be on VOD. Yeah, like, see, I don't, I don't know. Touch of a finger, that's a, that's push a of a button. Issue. Yes. That, that's what he wants to happen. But I, 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 I totally agree with you, Adam. Like I, a, I think, um, I think if uh, Wright hadn't had a hit with Baby Driver, I think he would have. You have to reconsider. There, was, there would have been a, do, a yeah. blacklisting of some sort, maybe in the states, because like I think you know he can. I think he would still probably get. Uh, I would, you know, this is obviously a British production. Yeah. Like you know, the World's End is. And I would title. still watch. Yeah, like yeah. I would still watch whatever he came out with, but I think. Uh, he would have less um, airtime. There you go. I guess I, I, in, in a sense, I, in the states. I think that there's a huge amount of I don't even say goodwill, but there's so many people who respect Edgar Wright, just as a a steward, cinephile really. of film. Yeah. yeah, as a cinephile, Sp- Spielberg sent him a letter after this movie that said, "You know, no one puts montages better than you do," or something like that. <laughs> so I think he mm. would have always landed on his feet. Does that make sense? Regardless, right, just yeah. because he is regarded he such... how to do it. There's plenty of people who make movies that don't make money. Lars von Trier movies don't make money. Like, there's a lot of... And he's rem- still doing and it. And he and still fucking makes them, baby. You exactly call I a Lars von Trier movie. Channeling his sadness. And the funny thing yeah. is, like, Edgar Wright makes enjoyable movies. Yeah. Like, they can be watched by, like... A, I think an audience will be found regardless. Like Lars von Trier is a little bit more niche. Like, you can- <laughs> I wouldn't call a Lar- I wouldn't call Antichrist fun. You know what I mean? Like, what but it's a good about? movie. Yeah, oh, the fun movie. movie. Wow, that movie's a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome guys. I love but Europa. Like, you guys know what I mean. Like, you know, oh, God. like I love yeah. that movie too. But the thing is, like, you wouldn't call it. It's not a like you know. Yeah, I like, it, yeah. I like working for a dream, for but that's sure. not a fucking. I'm not, I'm not fun tearing romp. through a bucket of yeah. popcorn yeah, watching exactly. Antichrist. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I, I think. Maybe it's because Edgar Wright's also just like I, I, he seems like a charming kind of guy. He's He's also very nice too. He's like he's not like he's not a ego-filled person yeah you know he's not it's not that's like what's a, so fascinating about like he's not a, when i when i hear what i looked up on kubrick like kubrick you know he's kind of like you know authoritarian and whatnot yeah and kurt douglas was the one to get him into like hollywood really yeah. like he needed that's that like sort of charming person to get into the axis of hollywood and that's like the whole political aspect of filmmaking is like being able to schmooze your way through like people, which makes sense because you need the funding and 
And that's like the weird yin yang thing again with like filmmaking is like having to, what are you willing to compromise to, to make this film? What are you willing to give up on your vision in order to have it done and have people fund you? And, and that's why we're saying yeah. bad robot can do no wrong. Oh, and sure. you, everyone over sure. there is, is now, you know, Hey, I'll direct a Cloverfield movie. Sure. D- I'll do it. I, I've seen you write a lot. <laughs> Are you cooking up a couple of Cloverfields yeah, over there? Yeah, here's what I'll Cloverfields say. brewing? Let's just say there's other houses on Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> oh, boy. Nine Cloverfield <laughs> Lane from... Another bunker. Whoa. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, what, do you guys... Do you, are you guys, do you guys talk, what, what's Edgar Wright doing next? Like, what's his... What's his uh, he has a movie that was just delayed today, which yeah, sucks. Yeah, it's funny. Um, from last September. night in Soho... Which is Soho. a which is a uh, apparently it's a totally British horror movie, like in the in the vein of like uh, Don't Look Now. Yeah. Don't Look Now is directed by Nicholas Regg, which is a fantastic I, actually, movie. You know, it's funny. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I stayed in Soho when I was in London, so oh. that's kind of cool. Oh, shit, it's a reason to have some. Yeah. It's a redo of your trip. It's it's okay. kind of I know right. Uh, Adam's in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's filmed when he's in. Yeah, Soho's kind of a um, wow. So you may have it's like a young part of the like a Southtown okay. type of. Um, you may have place. crossed paths with uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy and yeah. Thomas and Mackenzie of JoJo. Just Rabbit. don't tell Mary hey, Elizabeth oh, Winstead. That's uh, that's what? a good. I'm glad that you said that because yeah. yeah. I forgot she was in it. Yeah. Tom McKen Mackenzie and JoJo Rabbit or in JoJo Rabbit. Tom McKen Mackenzie and uh, uh, Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy are the leads of Last Night in Soho. Apparently. There is a rumor, or at least this is just me. I started this rumor, uh, basically, <laughs> of like they're playing the same character because apparently Edgar Wright says that there's time travel involved in this movie. Oh, there it is! Like what? It half Uh-oh. of this place, half of this movie takes place in, uh, or like a big part takes place in 1960s London, and another part takes place in uh, contemporary. You know, well, uh, I didn't but know that. he That's says cool. that he it's a it's kind of like a the dangers of nostalgia again, kind of like the what we're talking about here. He's like this is this character who has never been in 1960s London and like loves that period. And then they're transported into it and they kind of see what the reality of it is. And that's not what they what? think of, but it's also in the, in the that's same like cool. Woody Allen has a movie like that, but it's a, it's, it's in the <laughs> same. Really band. Have the, you guys seen don't like, look now Paris. by Nicholas Reg? Like, you know, yeah. the Donald Sutherland movie with the, with the, I heard it's like repulsion too. He said, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like repulsion. Yeah. It, it, it's in the same, same feeling. Oh, of yeah. Repulsion. We talked about this. When I, uh, yeah. Don't look now is a, is a great movie. I, I, recommend watching it it's super stylistic it's like about it's super uneasy like it's about very human stories but like they're 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 taken to a fantastical a very moderate or very mild fantastical level just to uh you know bring out the horror of it and that that, that's that's what this movie is to me like uh the world's end like that's why i think this world the world's end is so influential to me because like i love stories about uh, people like you know, like the way cinema is in general. Because cinema, like you know, the best, the best stories in cinema are about like people and you know um, mm, the obstacles that they overcome. Homeward Bound had almost <laughs> zero people. Yeah. We're going to be challenged chance? here. I know uh, you're taking a yeah. shit on Finding Nemo. You're, you're totally right, but um, not that's not a, you're not totally right. Sorry, <laughs> backtrack that shit. I forgot that we do our own podcast here. So um, the but I like movies about like you know uh. I love basically movies about like people in extraordinary situations to the point where it's like heightened into a genre thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. It, it's so interesting about that. Like, you know, having a person being just an alcoholic and then all of a sudden they're in the middle of a 
alien invasion that like kind of yeah. <laughs> mean that Cloverfield with the party. Well, even Cloverfield, like Matt, that, that first crazy. Cloverfield movie, like this. My biggest problem about that first clip is the style that it's shot in, but the whole story oh, is hand, amazing. Like I, I think it's amazing. That's a about good movie. That. I still, no, I, I still, I defend. Yeah. That's a good yeah. movie, John. Shut up. No, I, I just said it was a good movie. I just said I don't like, I don't like John, John footage, John. I, we were on the way over here. On the way over here, what were we shitting on? We're talking about chronic, Chronicle. Well, but sorry. why? Yeah, why? Yeah, that's well, right, everything yeah. is good. Bad Robot. Uh, Josh Trank. Good. Bad, sorry. Hire me, Hollywood. I kind of I, I liked Chronicle at the time. I haven't seen yeah, it it's since good. then. But but I like <laughs> movies. I like movies where where, where you have a uh, a situation where it could happen to you. Yeah. You know, tomorrow, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into. Something that tests you to your limit. I mean, it's literally any yeah. any extraordinary event in your life is like that. Yeah, really. I mean, you but like, really don't expect like like you get hit by a car and you're just like, I wasn't. Oh, like, definitely. Fucking, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like yeah. yeah. Or uh, you fall asleep on the road. Yeah. And crash your car. And you definitely wow. didn't expect that. To happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but like you know, if John, you did that. No. No shit. <laughs> oh, that's uh, okay. <laughs> um, you're gonna write a movie about? But that? I like no. But I. I you but should. The whole thing is like you know. Um, having stuff like that, and then like you know, throwing a bit of zombies or a yeah. bit of like an actual like a, a, you know or or like a firefight or an action fight or throwing some robots in there, like you know that's that's really cool to, to have these very human stories dressed up as genre pieces. And that's, that's pretty. That's awesome. why like World's End does is like really just t- like d- doubling down on that whole cross between internal conflict and external conflict like merely the external conflicts are just a way to convey the internalized struggles of this person they're all metaphors or the purpose is still there i know it sounds like academic and cheesy but it's true it's true that's what makes it good everything i mean even uh like you know godzilla and them and all the nuclear movies like those were Mm. metaphors for things you know and so most movies most good movies uh, <laughs> even if they're genre, you know, yeah. have there's all a movies are good movies. So. That's true. All movies. Uh, again, <laughs> movie, I, I want to say movies good. are movies. I'll say that. Please, uh, uh, th- that spec needs to be read by Monday or. Uh, the I, I was going to call back to what Adam said earlier. It's like I've been actually trying to get into the fact or into. This is weird because like I still kind of do it, and you, you, I don't think anyone can help it. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't care if you're PTA or <laughs> or if you're a Tarantino, like. Parent some teacher people, association. Well, the thing is, like, some people, you just can't help shit talk some stuff after a while. But like, I've been trying Jeez. to get out of the uh, out of the habit of saying like this movie fucking sucks, and that's why like that's why I wanted to add to your stuff because like I don't I don't ever want to say like a movie fucking you, sucks. You can, like, you can say that if you have the you see. I've thought about this because yeah. like you can say something sucks if you. Look at the intentionality, and they poorly executed that intent. That's yeah. That's, so I'll, I'll say that. Like, it's if it's the difference, if it yeah. seems lazy to me, like if everyone on that and that crew, that's what was like. You know, obviously, well, yeah. like you know, just given like a handheld, and they were all there for the paycheck. That's cool. Like that the room, said, the room literally sucks. Oh, like in in like an objective fashion, and I hate I using don't the word know objective. About no, that. I'm saying because yeah. his intention was mm. not to make. A silly movie that everyone <laughs> laughed at. Yeah, it, that wasn't his intention. So it sucks on that level of existence. Okay, and yeah. like you, you, you went above a level. I don't know. Everyone, about, Tommy like, Wiseau, yeah. uh, open that, invite uh, oh, your yeah. things. I, I love, yeah. please. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. the thing to me is like you know because I've worked on 
This sounds stupid because I've never yeah. worked on an actual like movie movie, but I've worked on a lot of like short films and uh, you know, I've had PA jobs and stuff in college and stuff like that. And like someone is always, I think I've repeated this like in multiple podcasts that we've had in the past, whether it be this one or in our, 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 our own, um, it's, uh, someone is always like gung ho about this. Like everyone, someone is always like, or a group of people are always like, you know, very proud about their work on this thing. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, uh, the makeup effects, you know, cause like, you know, we, uh, I'm going to bring up an example is like suicide squad is not a very fun movie to watch. Oh, wow. that being said, it's it wanted... fun. I don't know. What you're no, no, but, oh, but the thing is, <laughs> okay. Fun. So, so let's say this, like it's uh, only, um, it's only a fun movie to it's watch. Only a fun movie. But I guess maybe I was going on the wrong take on that. Yeah. But the thing is like, but, and then like it gets made fun of, I guess in my opinion, because, or from people that I hear because they want an Oscar and they're just like, well, they want an Oscar for makeup. Ha ha ha. I was like, Hey, Maybe that makeup was good. fucking hard to do. It's just yeah. like, you know, K&B, like, you know, Nicotero and Burger, like, you know, they're fucking masters at what they do. Like, they do the walking fucking dead. They do the every, walking like, fucking they dead. They do fucking That's anything. Like, disgusting. You know, anything that has a headshot in your movie, necro. Like, they're doing they're it. Doing it yeah. And so I was like, why fucking not, like, give props to them? Because, like, you know, they're the fucking, they could have been the redeeming factors of that fucking flick and stuff. And even, like, when you get into, like, you know, I I like trauma films, and trauma films are by definition to casual movie viewers schlock you know it's just, you know it's movies about like <laughs> well, you know the, chicken zombies that's what and I mean. incest it's like and stuff those, and those are those cool movies things. are they have the intention behind them they're yeah. doing that and proud of it and what i mean when he when you talk about like something that sucks most people use it incorrectly and what i would like to you know, put out into the zeitgeist is that you analyze what the intentionality is because like you can't fault trauma for what trauma for what they're doing because like they knew what they were doing. They knew it was going to be like the, this crazy top. Yeah. Slocky thing is, and they're proud of it. And you, and I give them all that. And it's like, you can only say if it sucks is that if they intended to do that, and they did a poor job of doing that. Right, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, and that's why I want to kind of like double down on the, you know, how to talk about film. Yeah. You I know? Just, I, I like that too. Cause like I do see where you're coming from. Cause like if mm-hmm. there are a lot of like, there are movies where you see where there's fuck ton of studio interference and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. You know, uh, I think we were talking about Josh Trank earlier and i you know the fantastic <laughs> four fifth, yeah. uh, 2015 movie is a giant example of that like it was a movie that was taken from him and you can see it even in the fucking edit in the movie oh really yeah yeah but i mean i just think that like someone sees that and they may like it so i'm just like I, i'm trying to shy away think, from that sucks that's what other i mean than saying, like it's like if someone likes it that's a different spectrum of things. Yeah, see, like I'm, you know I'm, I'm I mean? just trying to shy away from saying that it sucks. Other than just like it's not for me. You're Instead not like, of saying it sucks, you it's just say not I hate it, and that's yeah. fine. You I, can say that. Yeah. You yeah. do. You do the voice of the critic from that show, the critic, and you say it stinks. It I don't stinks. know if you've seen that. Oh yeah, boy, that's, All right. oh, that was a good show. It stinks. I was just gonna okay. say that, like that. That article is great. Y'all should read it. It's on Polygon. It's about Josh Trank. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, yeah, it's a really just, good read. I just brought that yeah. up before when yeah. we were driving. We over talked here. a lot yeah. about Josh Trank. Yeah, because he was listening here. to a yeah. podcast on Josh. Should we Trank watch on the way Capone back over here. after this guy? Oh boy, I'm interested. He that shits movie himself. sounds crazy. He shits uh. himself twice in the movie. Oh. What? Um, yeah, there's shit all over Tom Hardy. It's the best it. shitting scene um, of all of Cinema. But no, but what was telling about his Fantastic Four stuff that he was talking about was. 
he was like he never he honestly never sounded passionate about it and i think like inherently that is going to potentially kill a project it's like at, at uh-huh. no point did he sound like he was fighting like for the project he, he was just kind of like they they were like hey you should do our fantastic four movie and he was like okay that makes sense for me during this step of my career well why yeah why wouldn't you do yeah. that for sure yeah yeah but it's it's like that's why the movie turned out bad i think it's because like his take was very weird and he was like the only way this is interesting to me is if I do a weird Cronenbergian body horror thing and Fox was like what the fuck are you doing that's bizarre no that's why I want to see Darren Aronofsky's Batman boy that would be it's like probably a very, bad, but it's like weird. a Fight Club esque take on to Batman, imagine where like... Batman would have ended up if Darren Aronofsky <laughs> did. It'd be worse than Snyder's in this case. Like he'd be like ripping. I think it would have been better. I Larynx is out. (laughs) I I mean, it's it's it would probably be better cinematically, but in a worse way for like hardcore fans. Well, that's how I feel about like that's how I feel about like Jurassic World and like the concept of like weaponized like dinosaurs. It's like it's a cool concept. Just don't touch Jurassic World with it. You know, do another like, dinosaur thing. Just do That's another always dinosaur. been my take. Is like leave Jurassic <laughs> yeah. Park alone. It doesn't make sense to do sequels but to the it. Studios dinosaurs. want the branding. Just the branding. Yeah. Branding. But no, I wanted to pivot with that pivot. into like that's why, and we talked about this on on Hot Fuzz. It's like that's why Edgar Wright is such a compelling director to see new like all of his new movies is because he's so fucking confident and he has like vision he is, yeah. and he has. I mean, I don't know a better word from, I mean, from Marvel to say what's up. Uh, stupid joke. It's oh, so okay. funny. Uh, vision from Marvel, you know. The, oh, vision. Oh, vision. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Paul I, I, on I thought you were bringing up Marvel for the Edgar Wright thing. Oh, we yeah, uh, we, we, we got it. Yeah, he sure. says that on the commentary. He says like one of the stunt people on the World's End, which at the time he hadn't been fired yet. He's oh, sorry, oh, that was a Ant Man. But I mean, like, yeah, he, he worked on Ant Man for a long he time. He actually did a he did the test, the visual test for Ant Man during this. Wow, and apparently it on the commentary, and he says it with such enthusiasm. Yeah, oh. that's too bad. Oh. It had to be yeah, it had to be such a bummer for him to leave that. Honestly, um, I'd love to like hear him talk about that now with distance from it. You know, it, uh, he has an NDA, so I don't think he can talk about it for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. it's going to be when he's like sixty or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Um, it makes sense he has an NDA for one hundred percent. Though I, I, I actually think he's going to make an MC movie at some point. I don't think so. I think so. Dude, I think that's it might a be a take. Take I could see yeah. him maybe circling. Back I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. I can so. see him going back to the competition, like the way Gun did. Because Gun, no. like whenever, like yeah, some people whenever they can't do this, back. they do the other. But I don't, I, and WB seems to be a little bit more lenient nowadays than Marvel. <laughs> like, right would make more sense going to the DC universe now, if anything. Yeah, because WB is like right now it's the X Men of today. We're like fuck continuity, just do your own shit. <laughs> like that's the whole. Yeah, thing. They're, that's they're why Wright's like, perfect free, free for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he could just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, do you guys want a, some final thoughts on the world's end? Ooh, I had some uh, some technical okay. trivia, too, because like, I did a oh, bunch of... Uh, technical, technical trivia, trivia corner with I wanted John. to talk to you guys about the fight sequences. I know you guys touched upon it a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. The fight sequences here, obviously, because he brought along bit Bill Pope from, you know, and he had just worked with him with, um, on Scott Pilgrim. Oh, he um, was the Jackie Chan... Um, he worked with Jackie Chan, right? He did. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well the cinematographer. I think he worked with. Um, he did the Matrix. I know that. I, I know that yeah. some of the stud team did 
do the Jackie stunt, Chan's stunt. Was, yeah. yeah, I was talking about the stunt team. Yeah, the stunt Sorry, team, yeah. which is uh, yeah. also works out with it. Um, some of these action sequences, he said he wanted to dial back from Scott Pilgrim because Scott Pilgrim is like you know a fantasy, and it's like you know it's basically like you know comic booky and right, yeah. um, anime like. Um, this one he dials back and he makes fight sequences based on the characters, which is really cool because he uses oh, all of these yeah. characters went yeah. through very like months of training just doing what they do. And I think the funny thing, like watching the BTS, like watching uh, Nick Frost be totally into it and then watching like... I think Nick Frost always has the best fight sequences. Yeah, yeah. And then watching Martin he's Freeman so like complain in good. the middle of it. He's like, did you just fucking make that up? You know Martin Freeman because he's like, a player. his yeah. character's a rugby player, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's why. That's he's, oh, you know. Andy is. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I never. Andy, okay, yeah. I never. Because remember yeah. the beginning where he's introduced, he's like plowing through yeah. all those people. Well, he's got. Okay, it, yeah. Whenever when you see the scent, the the look of a determination on Nick Frost's face, yeah. it's you know you're in for some really good carnage. Oh, Hulk oh, mode, dude. yeah. But um, he said he perfected the way he shoots action in this movie, and like it's pretty awesome because he said he. With Scott Pilgrim, he kind of got a hint of that, and then this one he does it like he doesn't shoot action like yeah. the way a normal person was, where you shoot a master and then you go in and do angles and close ups on okay. said yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. actual things. He literally like storyboards yeah. and shoots one shot per per uh, per uh, per sequence. So mm-hmm. that that is that is a trend that is it's it's an odd come around because that used to be the only way you could shoot a- action. That's also very hard though cuz if you think like about it like it's uh, Michael Bay and isn't it? But no, this but this single like Michael Bay has uh, has masters and he has like he a, has a, a a wide yeah. shot. Like Edgar mm-hmm. Wright doesn't do wide stuff like whenever it comes to like but intimate stuff. This doesn't stuff. make any sense with cuz Michael Bay his shit is like the the geography doesn't make any sense with any of his stuff. That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying, like, where's the Masters? And, like, I guess I haven't uh, seen Michael yeah, Bay yeah, in a while. I mean, Michael Bay's frenetic. It's yeah. a lot of... but but Not the, bad. It's just hard to keep uh, up with. Edgar Wright literally intentionally does... That's why there's so many cuts in his movie. Because yeah. it's like, you know, the yeah. frame is where it's at. And then the next frame is where something where else goes is at. next to. Yeah, but where it, something else is at. But it's, so, like, it's something that is now uh, wanted slash required, even in scripts, that you write in... Like, a lot of action sequences now say one uh And... The reasoning is because it's just it's it's you see the work on screen of the stunt team who had to coordinate that whole thing. It's in Black Panther. It's in Invisible Man. It's in John Wick. Uh, the single take fight scene. Um, or so you have to have it. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting thing that I've noticed happening more and more often. Right. He said he wanted to pull back on the also on the Scott Pilgrim thing too because he wanted to add character into this. So so like for example, whenever you see people fight. Um, they all fight in their own style. Like, you know, Gary King, the stump team um, adapted to each character's style. They beer yeah. drinkers for... <laughs> well, not just the beer bar, drinkers. Bar fights, bump the fights was opened up. Like, you know, because he says, like, you know, a lot of people say, like, you know, or Edgar Wright says, too, like, you know, when people fight, or Simon Pegg was the one who said this, because I think Simon Pegg was the some of the more driving force of the storyline than Edgar Wright was. Like, Edgar Wright was obviously more of the visual flair, and Simon Pegg was much more of the the content mm-hmm. um simon Pegg says that they uh you know when there's fight scenes especially in action movies like the logic goes away like you know like a character who's like even in scott pilgrim i feel like you know he's a guy who you don't know who didn't you didn't think knew how to fight and then he's like fighting all this kung fu shit like you know he's blocking mm-hmm. stuff like choreographed like winter soldier-esque like you know they're so choreographed that they're almost fucking psychic and it's weird and like at this point at the world's end, he was like, he wanted to dial that back. Like, you know, if you notice, Peter never punches any blank during the three uh, sequences yeah. up until the very end where he punches his bully. 
and stuff. So like it's oh, yeah, for there's sure, stuff yeah. like that. Like where it's just like yeah. you know he's like well there's character now and then he's also he's like and we're not gonna do. They did have stunt doubles because that's inevitable. Like you know because no one you know you can't do everything no on get hurt. stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is like you you keep the actor at the on the foreground as as long as possible to to make it seem like they're the ones struggling and stuff. And I think that's really really cool and unique because you do. In most conventional action films, you do cut away and you do go into a very stylistic action scene where, like, you know, you don't see the face, but you're seeing this guy, like, you know, do a, a fucking kung fu kick. And you're just like, I don't think that guy can do a fucking kick like that. Well, like, I think it's crazy. the closest that we get because now because, I mean, in the 50s, the early days of Hollywood, triple threats were a big deal. So you'd see Bing Crosby in one shot, sing and dance and do the whole thing at once. And we don't really have anything like that now. And I think action sequences tend to be what that is. So... If you've seen Extraction, there's a really long one in that too. But it's it's the closest thing we have to like a, a triple threat leading man just show that you can do it. You've done the work and trained with guns or whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I think it's neat. It's kind of like reverting back to the things that made old Hollywood so special is those people are superhuman somehow. Yeah. And he still takes off influences from uh, obviously other genres. Buster King. Oh, Buster Keaton, yeah. too, like that one little... Thug. Jackie Chan move, like Drunken Master is totally Gary King's vibe. Yeah, exactly. He says that he, he wants... You've never seen a bar brawl with the speed and choreography of uh, kung fu films. And that's what mm. this he wanted to have this vibe that's of. That's cool. And that's pretty cool. Um, another uh, technical aspect I wanted to talk about is the score, which is really cool to me. I think it's awesome whenever you hear, like... You ever hear that buffing noise? We've all podcasted before, so whenever you hear your phone go off sometimes on the computer, you hear like that actual, like, buzzing static noise. That's actually part of the score. Like, if you actually listen to every time the network comes on screen, you hear, like, something's, like, messing with your TV, and it's just... Or your the thing... And it's an yeah. actual it's it's implemented into the score, which he did with Scott Pilgrim too. Scott Pilgrim has like sound effects like, you know, a, a Mac turning on every time someone gets an idea or something. Or like, you know, or an email or the, Baby Driver. All of Baby Driver. Baby Driver has that too, yeah. It's um, like the ultimate, yeah. yeah and yeah. they also play the brown note in Capone. The brown <laughs> Oh my Capone. god. Twice I think they play the brown note. <laughs> Apparently and actually in Irreversible. <laughs> oh no. The uh he he uh What's it? What's his name? The director, Gaspar Noé. Gaspar Noé. Gaspar Noé. Yeah. Um, he purposely put like the frequency for like oh, was it, like forty hertz or something. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he played it for yeah. a while. Like and during people it, walked out, quote unquote, making you. It makes you feel sick. Yeah. That Jesus that frequency. Christ. And it's like what a wild enter the that's that fucking is. hilarious. Is it fucked up? Enter the void, which uh, irreversible. Oh, irreversible. Oh, and yeah, we all yeah, know yeah. how fun that movie was. That movie uh, was. It's a great movie. I love it, but it's also I won't watch it again. It's enter a, the void. Yes, yeah. That is. I was about to make yeah. a joint. I was like, it's a hoot. No, no, yeah, you're right. That movie. is I mean, one of I, those things where you want to watch once and not ever again. It's like doing. It's like doing like. Uh, that's a very tough. It's movie like doing to watch. LSD. You just do it once and you got what you got and you don't need it. Well, again. <laughs> I mean, I think like Enter the Void is something I don't yeah. ever want to watch again Same, either. Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. kind of crazy. It's like, a you know, hard movie, that's but a it's tough amazing movie. movie. It is a movie. movie. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Not the right circumstances. You, you yeah, you could probably. That admit, yeah. that was, uh, that's so funny because like I used to trick people into watching the movie. <laughs> that's such a fucking <laughs> under like thing, under, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's why. That's why. I, I mean, we're dialing back to the beginning of the podcast. It's like I am Gary King in a yeah. way. We're just yeah. like <laughs> I was like at the time. Where I was like, this is cool. I was like, 
let's get stoned and watch this movie. And then afterwards, like, the person is pissed at me. They're like, what the fuck did you just make me watch? There was like, a time we would watch, we would make people come over, just regular folk. And just watch, regular folk. Like, Cannibal Holocaust or uh, yeah, Human yeah, Centipede. And they would just be Drew, like, what Drew is did happening? Not, um, Drew, uh, we made Drew watch Human Centipede yeah. in the early days of ROTS. Drew is uh, the third... Um, uh, third wing, third host. He's the, yeah, third, the third in our centipede. Yeah, exactly. He's the no, third. Yeah, he's, he's got the third shit end of the, the deal. Train. Yeah. He's the yeah. Yeah, the, the caboose. The caboose. I remember we um, we actually. I don't know if you remember this stuff. And, um, I we I don't um, remember. He much. was coming over for a movie. We hadn't told him for it, and I told him it was Human Centipede Two for the ROTS, and he's like, "I'm not going to be there." <laughs> Like he was en route, and he was like, "I'm not." He really didn't like it that much. Yeah. Man. Well, he didn't want to watch bad. it. He was just like, "That's like the thing." It's like he's the like, second one is kind. He was of like, "That's not my type of thing." Like, better this, than the first. The second Human Centipede. Everyone, look this up and watch it. Um, it's black and white. It's a oh, comment yeah. on the first Human Centipede. Jesus. It's yeah. wild because he like sees it right or something. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the. Do you want me to spoil the ending or no? Yeah, go for it. It's a dream. Of course, weird. It's all the dream. All right, some other because uh, like he stuff. sees oh, he sees the movie right. He, he watches the movie. Yeah. He and fan- he's inspired by it. He he a- tricks the actress from the first movie to come to his apartment Jesus. and then drugs her and hey, ties her up to a butt. That's low key amazing. That's a low key really lie. cool sequence. That's yeah. really cool. And yeah. it is it is uh, in a way a taxi driver like a transient yeah. and nobody likes him and he's a parking lot attendant and uh, and uh, he does he does what he has to do. Yeah. What right, all, he does what all parking lot attendants wish they could do. <laughs> if they had the balls. <laughs> if they, yeah. And, 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 and two other friends. <laughs> okay. uh, some other stuff that like links this thematically to the other, um, you know, because at, at, on the surface, they all seem like very different movies. Except for Huffos and, and Shaun of the Dead are very similar. I think The World's End kind of intentionally tries to be very different. Like, you know, the... Cornetto reference is literally a throwaway reference. Like it just comes on screen at the very <laughs> yeah, end. Yeah, they yeah, didn't the actually end. eat. And he's just kind of like, yeah. I mean, some other things that kind of like yeah. is the fence gag, which they said like they were not going to do the way you thought it was going to be. Like it was going to it was a bush. Like he was going to jump on the. Fe- the original idea was like something like where he's going to jump on the fence and it cuts away, and then whenever the movie <laughs> comes back around, like it cuts to black, and the movie comes back around, and it like it is uh, like Simon Pegg already. <laughs> on the floor like on the fence mm. and they're like well it didn't like they they ran out of time really to shoot it and so they went back uh some couple of weeks later for pickups and they shot it and that like apparently like you know when they saw it like finished on the trailer there's like okay cool yeah like that's that's the thematic like one of the thematic like themes to close People, off like, recognize that right. yeah because i i like that there's the kind of like you kind of think you saw the joke at the beginning when he jumps over the bush and falls. And I was like watching it again. I was like, is that the only time they kind of do that again, even though they did it in the other two? But then, no, at the end, Gary King jumps over the fence and the whole fucking fence falls down. Right. And yeah. so they have like different takes on the same kind of Buster Keaton like joke mm-hmm. with that. Mm. The, the thematic thing that like links all of them is basically, or according to Simon Pegg, is like uh, loss of identity for like each three movies. Friendship, which is uh, very oh, that's big, and all and yeah. uh, Arrested Development, because in every movie there's like characters Ron of Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ron Howard is like in the background there. <laughs> there's problematic actors yeah. now. It's, um, uh, it's a mess. Another really interesting thing is like I think this is like pretty obvious for anybody who's watching it, but like every name of the bar is a reference to what happens inside the bar. Like they're all like 
tarot cards for what's about to happen. Like, you know, the... Ah, the cool. Is it tarot or tarot? Tarot? I am. I never... I, I don't know, honestly. We got, we got Jim Grammer in the building today. Yeah, Actually, no, like, I heard tarot no, I've heard from both. Edgar. Yeah. I've heard... Yeah. Bo- that's what I was asking. I've, I've, heard, heard, both, I've heard tarot. Is the one that I've heard, but, which is but like that's cool. But it also it doesn't matter. Yeah, like the first is it post... tenants or tenant? <laughs> tenet. Tenet. I think it's tenet. David, yeah. the David or David. <laughs> I, I said that David Tenet. Um, the first post, obviously, like you know, it's very obvious. The old familiar you get into, you know, Sam um, comes in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the famous cock, which is where Gary King uh. is kicked out because he's the cock. Like the famous cock in yeah. that thing, he's he drinks cock the beer outside. like doofus and yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, he that's cool. I didn't even realize there was no. the cross hands, which is like you know when they all cross in in a British sense means like are you cross with me? Like you're angry with me? Uh, yeah. And so yeah. they all start fighting there at, at the cross hands. Like that's the first. Uh, you want to cross hands? Are you gonna cross hands? I forgot it's that early yeah. that, that it's in four, and then they still have fucking eight to go it's after the that. Drink yeah, the four, so yeah. fucking yeah. much. The good companions yeah. is like the montage scene. So like that the the bar where they go there is like when they're all. It's during the Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that Alabama song? The, the by the doors. Sweet home. Yeah. No, no, no. West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Every it's, movie. It's, it's whiskey bar. Alabama song. I think by the doors. In this one, last whiskey yeah, yeah. bar. Yeah, that one. The good companions. Mean, yeah. Like that's the good companions is basically them just all drinking at a at a time and they all like bump into each other. Yeah. That's the good, good it's the relief from the last scene. Right. Yeah. The the trusty servant is when they meet the Reverend Green and uh, actually. Mm. You know, and that's the trusty, the trusty servant. servant. Yeah, the two headed dog is when they meet, they meet the twins, and they have that very incredible Fuck. fight scene. The hand, that's the foot cool. fight. fight. That yeah, oh, the, the foot the fight. Leg is arm. Yeah, leg yeah, fight. Yeah. that is an amazing choreographed that's a really scene. Good fight it's a scene. fucking an amazing. All the fights scene. are so good. Yeah. Um, the mermaid, which is they when they bump into the marmalade sandwich, and the mermaid is a reference to the person who eats uh, Nick Frost's ring. Because she's like, you know, she's... She's a siren. Yeah, she's a siren, basically. Ah, yeah, They're all sirens. She's a siren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the beehive, which is like a giant fight between them and a bunch of blanks. And the beehive, one can say that Pierce Brosnan's character is a queen bee. You know, so like that, that kind of like, you know... Also, Beyonce is playing... Yes, Beyonce was in the background as an, as an extra. <laughs> Beehive? Is that what they call him? Beehive? Um, after this, you get to B- the king's B- head, which, you know, Gary King has a monologue saying like, he, I think he says to Peter, to Oliver, and like he drinks in their memory because they're it's gone. It's called the King's Head. Yeah, the, the King's bar? Head. Wow, that's I didn't catch that. That's and cool. that's the thing is like because the, at oh, this he point he's lost his mind. Also talks about him being king on the in that bar. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, me, me, I'm the king. And everyone's yeah. like, what? And he's no. at the King's Head is like the the because at that point he chooses to abandon Stephen and uh, and Andy, you know, Nick Frost and and Patty Constantine's character. Yeah. And so they try to he yeah, abandons them, and so that's why it's the king's head, uh, the hole in the wall, which is very obvious that Stephen drives through the hole in the wall, Jeez. and oh, yeah. uh, and the world's end, which no world, the world ends after the world that, ends. Yeah, exactly. And there is a thirteenth bar called the Rising Sun, which there is a number thirteen on that's the true uh, at the bar end, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that last the bar. Rising Sun makes sense too because it's like you know Japanese, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. the bar Communism. that he goes into orders <laughs> water, huh? Yeah, That's, yeah, exactly. Like Jesus. it's it's the rising wow. sun. Like it's so everything, which is funny because like we talk about um, all the time. Duffin and I talk about movies all the time. And we're always talking about stuff that's Kubrickian in a way, um, which is a reference to you guys' first season. But like yeah. uh, we always talk about stuff that's Kubrickian in a way, and I feel like Edgar Wright is the most. If we're going to use that phrase out there or that the term out there is the most Kubrickian filmmaker 
that I've seen. Because like so that's much an stuff, interesting statement to me. What does Kubrickian mean? I guess I'm not totally. Everything sure. is left on the frame. Just mean shit. And, and shot okay. by frame shot. Of pa- everything is left on the frame, shot <laughs> by shot by shot. Because Bill Pope, I was listening to the commentary. Uh, fuck, I really love this movie. I guess now I'm, I'm kind of going down to Rebel. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I've listened to the uh, to the beginning half of the Bill Pope and Edgar Wright podcast. I've listened to the um, er, podcast, the commentary, because I've listened to the writer's commentary, which they all talk about the story and where it goes. But the commentary between Bill Pope and Edgar Wright is really interesting because Edgar Wright seems ahead of Bill Pope. <laughs> and Bill Pope is like, it's hard for me to talk about this movie because, like, you have so much in in one frame that like it's hard to talk about it because as soon as I talk about it, you cut to another frame, and there's so much in this other one. Like you, you're never yeah, able to catch up. That's interesting. And that to me is what Kubrickian means is like you're leaving it all in the frame, whether it be symmetry, symbolism, anything. Like that's Kubrickian. To me. Yes, like, you know, it is. All, that's fucking like, yeah. I think and he like started that. that way too. I think that's one of the things that made him really special. I think it's Shaun of the Dead. He would shoot yeah. before everyone Spaced came too. Yeah. during lunch to get all the close-ups he needed because he knew that. He couldn't that get the whole be a crew lot of work. Yeah, to be yeah. there. That makes sense. Yeah, he seems like a guy who's like not a big se- like second unit guy. Like that, yeah. he's like I my hands need to be on the camp. Like so, you know, so to speak. Like my hands need to be on every frame. My of this dirty thing. little my yeah, little he doesn't like master shots at all. He says he doesn't shoot anything the same way twice because yeah. of out of boredom. Like because he will get bored. Yeah. So like you know, if there's a close up, and you know it cuts to another person like in a in a shot reverse shot thing, you reverse back and it's an a closer shot or it's a different shot. And you're just like, it's, well, it's not a, it, breaking the line of action, but it's like, it's a, whoa. It, it's a tight ship. He, he talks about how he doesn't do improv on the set because the jokes were written specifically so they could come back later, like, tight. later on. Yeah, keep yeah. it tight, tight, tight. So I, tight. Tight and keep, he's keeping it tight and right. Keep and, it tight. And, <laughs> but I think that's, tight. yeah, I think keep that's it tight. Keep it tight. Yeah, you always gotta keep it tight. <laughs> toit. Is it tight or toit? <laughs> I think it's toit. I, that's, that's how I've always heard it pronounced. Toit. That's like two um, thousands tight, like toy. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> off of John's amazing <laughs> analysis of this film, we was started that, talking yeah, about tight, damn, dude. Was that really? That's all we can. That's all we can add. No, it was amazing. amazing. I was yeah. very intrigued by what you were. There's saying There's a lot fucking it. going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, okay. John, <laughs> we're going back to you already. Uh, yeah, final thoughts, man, on the world. We end. are now at podcast end. Yeah, we're at the twelve. We're at the twelfth <laughs> bar. Podcast, end. End. the podcast, end. the twelfth podcast, and uh, um, there yeah. you go. This movie is great. Um, I love the. Again, uh, I'm going to reiterate what I said at the beginning of the podcast. It was like this is probably one of my favorite top ten movies of the last uh, decade. Whoa, um, it's cool. super influential on me. Like it, it definitely um, influenced the way I write. And, uh, and no pun world. intended. And I don't know about see the world. That's got, that that might have been a mistake here. That might be the wrong thing I'm taking from this movie. <laughs> no, really. But um, oh, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> but um, I. But the way the structure is, and, and on a filmmaking level, and the way you build your characters, because the movie is about <laughs> uh, an unsympathetic character as a lead, and that you know. Mm. That can go very wrong when you're writing a movie or if you're writing any type of story. Like you, yeah. you want to make your characters likable and you always want to have like redeeming factors for them and to have someone or like somewhat of relation. You know, you want your audience to relate to it. And The World's End is uh, is all that, which is it shouldn't be that. But like, you know, you see the 
it's I don't know where I'm getting it. I was like, I guess you see the, the some of the worst parts of yourself in some of these characters where where it kind of like it, it, it is relatable and it is very um inspiring to uh make work like that to me, like as a filmmaking sense. Mm-hmm. And um also it is the most to me the most rewatchable Edgar Wright movie. Um over Scott Pilgrim versus the world just a bit. Although I am getting more and more into Baby Driver recently. Like I haven't seen it. Baby Driver is probably the least. <laughs> Hot Fuzz. The um, Hot Fuzz is fun. I love Hot Fuzz. Like I've yeah. seen Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz is out of the Cornetto trilogy. The Hot Fuzz is the most gags and the funniest one out of the three. That's so funny. But um, yeah. that's so funny. But I um, the World's End to me is is insanely rewatchable and it's had a giant impact on. Um, what I've wanted to do, uh, you know, even at the time too. Can and I cut in just really quick? Go here. For it. Sorry, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm rambling. No, um, so. <laughs> because it's funny because I see myself more into Simon Pegg's character in Hot Fuzz than I see myself in any of the other characters here. Yeah, and that's probably why mm-hmm. I have more relatability to Hot Fuzz than I do with World. That, that makes sense, right? Man. Yeah. yeah, you have like the connection to like I feel like yeah. that strong connection to a character can really like connect you to a movie and it's like yeah. you have that with hot fuzz I, I i have that i think like you do john like with with this movie and gary king i think yeah um yeah but yeah you were you're talking yeah. no i mean that's that's i mean I, I was just kind of getting to that end point like it's uh the world's it's the most like yeah the world's end point <laughs> it's the most rewatchable edgar wright movie for me and i i think it um it's his most complex i'm gonna reiterate reiterate that like it's his most complex movie even over um Baby Driver stuff. I, obviously, I'm I'm super excited for Last Night in Soho, which is like going to be a a thriller horror movie of like you know 1970s esque uh, fashion. But um, The World's End is just um, super great. And I, I uh, if anyone who's listening to this hasn't watched this, which uh, is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we we spoiled the fuck out of it. Now yeah. um, they should totally get on it. So yeah, those are my final thoughts on the movie. Yeah, Delphin. Oh my gosh! This was oh my, oh my god! I think oh it, goodness. the world's end is fantastic. It shows it 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 questions what society is and who who we should be or who we are and who 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 wins at the end of this movie. We don't know, <laughs> um, and it definitely has all of the things that you want from an Edgar Wright movie with those amazing action sequences that come with a lot of thought. But it's also at the height of whatever it is they were doing when they were writing these Cornetto movies. Incredibly personal in a way. I mean, you can even think about this whole thing as being a look back at the nostalgia of the first movie they got to make together, mm-hmm. and because this is the last one of the of this trilogy that they've had. I mean. Nick Frost was a waiter who wasn't an actor, and he had to lie about who he was. He was the other Nick Frost yeah. in order to sure. start acting in movies. And, you know, uh, Edgar Wright was borrowing money from everyone because he had no money left. Yeah, like, Simon Pegg was Nick Frost's, like, roommate. I yeah. Think. Like, that's how they all met, too. So it, it's it's really fun for them and to think that they probably look back at the same the time of their lives uh, making movies. But I, my goal or my wish is at some point uh, – Edgar, people go just to watch a movie that Edgar Wright made because he made it, not so much that it's a yeah, yeah, it's couched in this genre or it's it's a fun action movie or it's a fun you know alien movie. It's just something he made, so you you you'll enjoy it no matter what. But yeah, I think it's a uh, it's fantastic. World's End is a great way to end off this Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. um, yeah I I think. Um, 
You know, it's funny. Uh, this is probably my second viewing of this movie. Um, I hadn't rewatched it since Ever? I saw it. In, yeah, uh, wow. since I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the first time I felt a bit lukewarm about it. Uh, and that was when I was 23, maybe. Um, I think my problem with it then, I'm not saying with now, was that I didn't quite... I was also kind of mad about, like... Uh, I mean, when I was 23, I'll, I'll break it down, and I was more of a rebellious kind of, like, movie kind of uh, pretentious type guy, you know? Um, and uh, I, I... can't see it. I'm just saying. I know. I, can't, I, can't, I also can't I, picture I'm it. still pretentious, but at least I'm <laughs> self-aware about it. Um, <laughs> the, I was mad about, like, the end of the world stuff. Like, I didn't like This is the End. Um Oh, yeah. same, I think same year, and same I yeah. year. it was one of those wow. weird double the twin movies. They actually, twin movies, um, yeah. not to interrupt big time, but they um, Edgar Wright sent a letter to because the original title of This Is the End was End of the World, mm. the the end of the world. Yeah, and Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg sent a letter to um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg saying, "Could you possibly change your name to your?" <laughs> and okay. then they, they totally did because yeah. they're like, oh shit, yeah, you're right, yeah, we'll, we'll totally. This in the end made a lot of money too. Oh. That was a big, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't my uh, taste. I didn't like that movie, and I guess it left a sour thing in my mouth. And yeah, uh, I I mean, like, I didn't hate the movie when I was watching it then. I just like liked Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead better. You're so high on Hot Fuzz, and yeah. I was kind of expecting those movies. And the ending kind of like threw me for a loop because I was like, "What? What is this? Like, why would you go so drastic to like an apocalyptic thing?" But when when watching it older now, as a more experienced person, kind of like knowing like the trials of human error and just like you know addiction and just knowing a little bit more about like the, the that human condition thing, it's. It's like, and just like in the knowledge of movies in general has, I'd like to think it's expanded since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a way better appreciation of this movie now. And I just, it, it, it bothers me that I didn't like it. Um, I honestly, I, I say that honestly, like I, I couldn't believe like I didn't like it as much back then. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just because of immaturity, maybe. Uh, and just, just like, uh, you know, we're all flawed humans, and I had that kind of immature stance on it. But now it's like looking at it from such a structural viewpoint and seeing the human side and how it correlates with the themes of the overall movie, like you're talking about politics and just drug addiction, nostalgia, just a lot of things going on in this movie that I just maybe just put blinders on then. Mm. And um, I'm glad that we that I got to review this again and really appreciate um, what what it was for. And I'm so glad to have uh, John on this podcast because he has brought such a wealth of information that has might have picked his favorite movie. Over. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, Jesus what, Christ, what, yeah. good luck. <laughs> it's like but Russian no. roulette, but all of the chambers are loaded. Exactly. <laughs> No, I just I just love. No matter John's, who wins, uh, we all lose. I just love John's like encyclopedic knowledge of of this film. It was you you really guys amazing. both have so much. 
you, y'all both do so much more work than Adam and I. And yeah, like, we do. <laughs> it really <laughs> g- it gives me existential dread because I'm like, oh my put god, in all this work and we're hosting a podcast. Dread. The weird thing is so crazy because like it goes back on it too because mm. like we um you guys have a uh, podcast on director like comparisons and stuff and so whenever yeah. I try to be on your episodes it's like I get really giddy even like um. I mean, I don't because we honestly don't let him talk about film. Yeah, uh, we talk yeah. about movies, baby. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, we, we talk about like, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we talk about roller coasters. Our, our, um, <laughs> our podcast is a different, obviously, energy. I'm a little bit uh, more uh, different energy. It's just it's just energy, like you know, that, it's a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> maniacal. Say it, mean. Say it. oh Say boy, it, well, I'm not. Gonna, I mean, no, it's cool. It's like our podcast it's kind is of the America's bit, funniest home. It's a little bit more. Uh, of podcasts. It's a little bit more of a maniacal energy on, on our podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> um, oh, and no, that's not, that's not, let's get real. That's not a dig. I like doing podcasts like the way we do. Like I like talking to Drew and I like talking to Delphin and stuff. And Del, um, <laughs> what have you guys unleashed here? <laughs> what have we unlocked? But I, no, I'm saying like whenever, like, you know, it comes down to like doing a podcast, uh, or like you know, whenever I'm I'm a guest with you guys, like I I usually try to do the movies I really really like, or I haven't seen. Like if I haven't do, like I think there's some um, episodes where, uh, you know, I, you guys are the reason I like Master, PTA right? now. Yeah, because yeah. I was like I I didn't discover PTA, and then I watched the Master. And I was like, this motherfucker yeah. is good, and then so I went back and watched his entire filmography, and I was like. Holy Boogie fucking shit. Nice. I only do the research when I really give a shit. And PTA That's... is when it's like one of my dudes that I could not like. Like I'll because I'll watch his movies and like I'll look up all this Everything? shit. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I can't help myself like with Tarantino <laughs> and stuff. I don't know why Edgar Wright never really clicked. At yeah. The it's time. Kind of, yeah. And, it, and that's what's I think like this is this is pertinent to the season because we I had brought up to Brent on a previous episode that we did with I don't know which I don't know which one Brent maybe Sean the Dead um, where I was like who the fuck are you Edgar Wright <laughs> like as like as a yeah. movie maker like who who might have been Hot Fuzz maybe I'm not maybe sure, it's I'm not Hot totally Fuzz sure, yeah it's like he's this guy who's like tries to put in like he wants to be like this horror fan he wants to be an action fan. He wants to be a nerd guy. He also wants sincerity, but he's also dark and horror. And it's like, you know, you know, when you say John Carpenter, it's like, yeah, I know. Like, I know, I know, I know right, what you're yeah. doing. I know what he does. And Edward yeah. Wright, it's like he's such a hodgepodge of <laughs> yeah. influences and it's, shit. It, and like, not it's not a dig at him. It's no, more of yeah. like, I don't, I just don't know, like, where to pin you down. Yeah, you know. Sure. Well, I think I think that's, and we talked about <laughs> it on <laughs> Hot Fuzz. I think yeah. specifically in that how it's what makes him so modern, and how we I think yeah. on that when we talked about memes a lot because like memes are this new medium of just like all of this. Yeah, you have to have so much context and so much like influence that of postmodernism, like, yeah, maybe postmodern stuff, and and I think he's the film director, one of the first, maybe who is, like, so modern in that, like, they're taking in all of their influences mm-hmm. um, and, like, you know, like, kung fu movies, like, Spielberg movies, whatever. It's just, like, all of these influences, and it's all there on the screen, and it makes for, like, such a wild, like, viewing, like, unique experience to, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, The World's End, I, I think, is, for me like the most poignant and like emotional, I think of, of the three 
Cornetto movies. Um, I think Shaun of the Dead, there's a lot of like kind of heart in that movie and stuff, but I think it's so he's still figuring out all of his own. It's kind of blocky. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's figuring out like what, what tools are in his toolbox. And I think Mm -hmm. like by going through like hot fuzz and Scott Pilgrim and Scott, Scott Pilgrim to me, isn't really like an emotional movie or, or super, um, poignant or you know whatever but i i think by the time that he came around to this and i think coupled with uh simon Pegg's struggles i think that really made a really kind of powerful but also funny uh movie and so yeah i think the world's end it's way better to me than uh what's the seth rogan one i don't like that movie this is the end yeah, I don't I'm know why I don't like that movie much. But this I, is why you're my best pal, dude, because you also don't like that. It's movie. so I've tried with that movie. I, I yeah. honestly love most of Seth Rogen's movies. I really. That's do, why you're that not one. my best pal. Take it back right away. But that one I just can't get into for some reason. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, the World's End is is a little bit slept on. Still, I think it's a definitely yeah, a I really think... great movie that has a lot going on. Um, you know, thematically. I work but. at a um, at a video store, <laughs> like you know, it's a dying breed. But mm-hmm. I work at a video store slash music store, and like the World's End is actually one of the ones. Whenever someone um, talks about, you know, because casual fans know Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and stuff, yeah, um, people don't really know about the World's End. I mean, yeah. Whenever I suggest the World's End, or if people have seen it, they're like, "Oh, that's my least favorite of the three. And it's always it always it's shocking to me. Like it actually hurts. So I was like, what? Mm. Why? Like it doesn't mean it's is, bad though. No, definitely not. I think yeah. it's just it's the um, it's the way it, it's it's structured. Like the world's in is definitely the most different of the three. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's hard to boil down yeah. to anything. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, it's a zombie movie. Right. Yeah. It's a and police then, movie. Um, what do you say in this one? This yeah, is a movie ten. about alcoholism. Alcoholism. Yeah, no, it's not aliens. as fun. Yeah. It's like it's like not inherently not quite inherently as fun because not as fun, yeah. it's 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 dealing with like may, maybe people don't want to tackle their own issues and that's why yeah. they didn't really connect to it as that's much the whole movie, because like really, they yeah. either are alcoholics or they they are also very nostalgic for a a time past you know and it's like maybe they don't want to take or you that just want to watch so. a movie and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which the other two are, are per, you know, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are perfect. Also, yeah. when did Blockbuster um, fold? Fold, yeah. Was God, man. Probably. There's one open still, right, or something? Yeah, like they Oregon. haven't folded yet then. So that's right, baby. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, when, you know, when, when it actually... Because 2010? See, 11? that's what's probably funny, because uh, t- a Blockbuster was in this movie. Like, you could see it in the background. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Probably 2011. I mean, it was filmed around the time, because there's... On the com- commentary, um, Simon Pegg jokes about Captain America being a, a shot Nazi, which influenced a a, sh- a scene where, you know, uh, Peter, you know, Eddie, um, what's his name? Eddie uh, fucking shit. I had his Eddie name. So the, yeah. the, the day that all the blockbusters no. closed, January 12th, 2014. 2014, okay. Oh, so wow. Eddie Mersan at one point, like, yeah, basically says that, like, Eddie Mersan says that he was uh, attacked by a bully, and then Chris Evans, or Edgar Wright says that that... Sh- scene was because edgar uh gary king comes in and says like shots shots shot like during yeah, a very yeah, yeah, like yeah, emotional yeah. moment and edgar wright says that that was influenced by uh the Captain chris America evans movie? well or? chris evans because chris evans himself like at the time was like a shot nazi like he would just keep taking whenever, yeah whenever you would go to a bar <laughs> with chris evans chris evans like you're fucking taking a shot 
dude. You know, he that, will order you a yeah. shot. I get that vibe from yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so And great. so it's really funny. But, like, that being said, like, they made this movie around, like, 2011 or 2012 or so. Because, like, Chris Evans or Simon Pegg after that retorts and he was like, uh, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Captain America fought all those time. You know, he spent all that time fighting the Nazis and he ended up becoming one himself or something. Like a, a shot, shot Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. So it was, like, filmed around that time, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, man. Um, okay. Well, John, Delphin, thank you guys for being on this episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you for inviting. I think, uh, let's go, let's plug some shit. What do you guys got? Plug you guys got shit. a lot of stuff going on. We do got to plug some stuff. We may, or may not be involved in something that we might. Oh, we totally, we're going to go ahead. We, we're going to go ahead and put this out actually now. Oh, um, oh my God. Oh, only oh. because like, well, this still... episode's going to come out in a couple weeks. Right. Yeah. But like ROTS, I mean, <laughs> well, now it's fine. In that okay. case, you're going to be up with ROTS though. Um, we were thinking a couple of weeks ago about doing. Uh, I had to stop Delphin. Delphin wanted to do Last Crusade as a uh, RTS sequel. Yeah, I was thinking though no because ticket. Brent. Yeah, no ticket, but literally no ticket in this one. What about Kingdom of the Crystal School? Do you guys want to come Ooh, on that one? Why did you watch that movie? The yet? thing about that is <laughs> that I like it. Come on, we need to do like it, and I think that that Look, may you, end you, my no, posh. Let me describe. Brent's posh right now. It's shameful. He's oh, hunched no. over. Listen. Totally true, it, yeah. Listen. Like, <laughs> all right. Listen. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I would be you, down. You apologist. Time. It's good. It's good. I think we... Um, I liked it. No, Your you power. say, I liked it. It's not good. I liked it. <laughs> I actually, I thought it, it was... the um, best thing ever I put just, to film. I don't, don't want to say a whole lot of it if we can actually podcast about it, but I liked the... Wow. The intentions. There we go. The intentions Tensions, of the uh, movie. The consequences yeah. were bad. Alien, the so. consequences were bad. Yeah, you're yes. right. <laughs> but the intentions were great, and I like... I think that's why I stick with it. Like, and it was like, I don't think... Obviously, it's my least favorite of the fucking Indiana Jones movies. But, like, it's... Part-time. Um, it's still... Part-time. I don't... <laughs> mind watching it if that makes any sense like you know if we're if we're bin- if i'm binging it like that's the only way i would watch it really in a, in a sense or unless i had to do a like, hey, podcast, yeah. podcast on it yeah hey, i mean well, that's why i'm saying let's, i'm let's eight years that. old and i'm but, still um, fucking i think it's it's an okay movie um so okay. so yeah let's do the podcast on it then uh brent I'm, and adam it. are you down or no? i mean what what are you gonna paint or what do you <laughs> well yeah right, we so have adam what do you want do you want a sequel request on this one I, uh, man, putting me on the spot. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, we'll, we can talk about it off mic for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, don't do any on mic booking. Uh, it, it, <laughs> no, because I, I want we to. We have a whole I person love, who's yeah. in charge of that. I, I love think your, of a good, uh, good sequel. I love uh, Revenge of the Sequel. I always love coming on with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's really fun yeah. whenever you come on. We have, like, the best episodes, really. It's pretty cool. I know. I don't know if I should go serious with one or uh, Do the most serious one. sequel you, you can think of. do more serious stuff, actually, on it, because, like, you know... Um, yeah, what was it? Well, <laughs> a very Blade Runner podcast. 2049 was like, that was pretty oh, that was actually really that was a good episode. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah, and that's when I like fucking went real deep with that shit. I'm, I yeah, and I yeah. love that movie. So like, mm-hmm. I was, I will still, I could watch that movie on repeat. Like, oh, if yeah. it was on. Yeah. Like, it was I think cool. I watched it like four times before like watching like going on your podcast, which is insane. wow. You, yeah, actually, you yeah. saw it so many. I don't know. Did I review it? I watched World's End twice today. Yeah, I watched World's End twice today. In addition to all like to the movie, five or six wow. hours of special features on the mm. Blu-ray too. Like, nice. Yeah, right you took a deep dive. You like it. Well, uh, <laughs> plugs, as plugs. John said, Revenge of the Seagulls is a podcast just about sequels. Countdown to Infinity <laughs> is about the MCU, and Countdown yeah. to Skywalker is about Star 
Wars, amongst other good things. But that's all of that. Right, now. yeah. Okay. You should go onto the Patreon and also um, if you go to uh, patreon.com slash DelphinPod, you will find some exclusive stuff on there. If you uh, Exclusives. Yeah, I if think you we, like weed, we you have will find a uh, podcast for you too. August, I think. Ooh, we recorded an entire season of the Skywalker one uh, in the last two weeks. So yes, exactly. Yeah. John must be tired of me by now. No, <laughs> no, no, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, That's uh, check great. that out. And uh, thank yeah. you guys for, for being on this one. Thanks oh, my gosh. Inviting, really guys. Yeah, I hope you awesome. guys come back um, again soon. I oddly love now. Taika just as much as Edgar to be TBH with you. So this I mean, is, you this might be able to hop. Like, I mean, you know. If we're being another tough. another yeah. real talk segment, like I, yeah. um, it's kind of hard to choose between Taika and... Uh, I know, like, you, uh, when I texted Brent, I was like, hey, who does anyone have the World's End podcast? And he was like, no, the only person who like reserved was uh, the what we do in the Shadows podcast. And I was like, that's great. And that was the other one that Isn't I was that like, good? fuck. I was yeah. like, God damn it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that was yeah. the Hunt only other the, Taika what, I would have Have you guys done that one yet? Sam Neill? That's a, we'll talk about there, it. There's a, whole I technical thing. there's a whole whole yeah. thing I fucked up. Oh, this yeah. my God. Shit. That oh, may no. be my favorite Taika. We will. I think we're, okay. we're going to, I think. Uh, but I think I, we I are going to. It'd be. I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't do it. We got to. Yeah. We'll probably put it on. Let's put it on record right now. We're That's good. good. Thanks good. Uh, for being on, guys. Thank and, you, guys, uh, for inviting. Yeah, the Jesus Christ. What is the next episode? Next, next episode, episode is going to be Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, it's going to be wow. Thor Ragnarok. I think you didn't invite us on the yeah. MCU episode. <laughs> no, maybe that would have been a good idea. <laughs> that would have been funny. Know. Right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I mean, guess we you don't guys have don't anybody w- on it. I guess you guys don't like a Fucking ton of back. downloads. Sure. <laughs> you guys. I mean, do you guys want to be on it? Like, yeah, exactly. We're just going to plug our recordings of Countdown to Infinity on it. I have a crazy idea that I will pitch to you guys in ten seconds. Off mic. Off mic. Off mic. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. We'll talk to you next week. Stay clean. Later, guys.